0: Spike Lee does 9 11, Chris Pratt kills Bin Laden, and the era of Big Daddy Pacino begins this week on 30 2010. 30 2010, 30 2010,
1: 3 decades every show sometimes associated videos. 30 2010, 30 2010, surprises and excitement. Yes, we're going to the 90s and 2000s and 2010s on 30
0: 20, Hello everyone and welcome to 302010, the LaserTem Time Network's weekly pop culture time machine. Starting fresh in 1993, season 8, 302010. That has to come with a sound effect. -ah. Yes, (laughs) I got it all ready to tease you with what's coming up in this episode. -ah. Yes. (laughs) Hi, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista, who else is with me?
2: I'm Diana Goodman, and if I were the man I were five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this podcast.
0: <laughs> I'm j.r.
3: Rawls and Diana Goodman stole my quote. Yes
0: yeah <laughs> uh, Well, good because this is a kind of an incredible week for incredibly important stuff i I, did, I thought I always thought the first of January to be like the doldrums for TV and television, but this week it is not. It is filled yeah, with. Television. Yeah, TV, uh, TV and television and movies. <laughs> uh, yes, but 30 20 10, in case you don't know, we're the show that breaks down all the great milestones and anniversaries from 30, 20, and 10 years ago from this very week. And this very week is January 6th to the 12th of 1993, 2003, and 2013. I did that raw. Raw! I had not practiced that at all. But we are now in a new decade, and we'll tell you all the cool stuff. Movies, TV, video games, music, and more that came out 20, 30, and 10 years ago. Uh
2: cool. I have a new quote for you, Jr. This is one. I I learned a really good toast from one of the movies this week. Oh, Champagne for my real friends. Real pain for my champ friends. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yes. Um, And uh, let's begin. Oh, and let's begin by thanking our patron, patreon.com slash laser time. We have a brand new episode of uh, 80s in depth coming your way with Tootsie in 48 hours, six Star Wars, bonus shows, uh, video game apocalypse, extra video game apocalypse shows based on our game of the year. Tons of stuff. Five bucks. Give it to us we're we need it more than your other podcasts uh i'm starving no, just kidding but uh but thank you once again to our patrons patreon.com slash laser time support our show and our entire network we would appreciate it yeah let's begin as we always do in 1993 i feel weird this is our kickoff to the season but um why prolong this intro Hold on one yeah. second.
2: well here we are in january which was always so freaking weird because yep. we've got the wide releases of, like, big fancy prestige award-winning stuff. And then uh, a couple pieces of crap that, <laughs> that the studio is just dumping. Yes. Often horror for some reason of just like, oh, just get this off the books. I yes, don't, we made I a bad horror it.
0: movie. When can we sneak it into theaters and assume diehard horror fans will help us make our money back? Ah, the 1st of January. Look at you, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But I don't know. I got plenty of love for this <laughs> this little horror movie.
2: Yeah, well we have we even have some horror, horror comedy. comedy
0: that made eight there have been eight, eight
3: films eight. in this series.
0: Yeah, I believe uh the star of this movie has reprised this role more than any of other his of his other more famous roles. Yeah. Yeah. Um uh, cool. even Harry Potter. Uh but that of course I'm talking about Mark Holton, Jennifer Aniston, <laughs> and of course Warwick Davis in Leprechaun. Legend has it
1: that leprechauns live at the end of the rainbow. They bring good luck. And they never hurt anyone. Unless someone steals their gold.
2: Leprechaun. I need me gold.
0: Me gold. Yes. Um... Yeah, See
2: but... how bad my dog freaked out the second we mentioned the leprechaun? <laughs> no!
0: He knew it's he scary.
2: It. I don't have shoes to throw at him. I'm a dog. <laughs> and...
3: So I do not get this series. <laughs> Who looks at a leprechaun and go, that's scary. No. That's the scary creature that I'm going to make eight films about. Eight
0: uh, yeah. By the way, everybody in the audience I mean, who's seen a leprechaun say, yeah, okay. Are we all good? Okay, yeah. good.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, that's the joke, is it's, I mean, it's a mythical creature that's supposed to be, like, all positive. And they're like, no, nah, actually, he's a dick.
0: And
3: I, I get that. I get it as a <laughs> one film, like, isn't this no. a weird concept we're making? I do not get it as a film, whereas isn't this concept so wide and so deep that we can explore it in more films than there were in the Harry Potter
0: series? Well, I think that's 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 the great thing about it. It's a great vehicle for Warwick Davis. He yeah. is an excellent actor, and he's excellent in this role, and I never at any point in my childhood or adulthood found any of these movies scary. I found them entertaining as balls. They are and silly. To be
3: fair, my college had a bad movie night mm-hmm. and we watched Leprechaun in the Hood. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. it was a perfect movie for that atmosphere. So oh, I yeah. get it. Uh, and Warwick did want this role. Mm-hmm. Up to this point, 100% good guys. He's only playing the Boy Scouts, the Nice Ewoks, the uh, uh, Willow. Hobbits. Willow. Mm-hmm. What are they? Pex, or is that pejorative? No, oh, that's a no. slur. No. You—that is not your word.
2: <laughs> They're totally hobbits. Come
3: yeah, on, totally hobbits. Totally not hobbits. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He uh, really uh, had only played good guy roles up to this point, and so he just wanted to play a bad guy. And he chose the scenery. He's there yeah. being his bad self. So go on him.
2: Yeah, yeah. That, that's what's fun about the Leprechaun is he's evil and he really enjoys being evil. Right. He has fun. This well, is fun times for him. He yeah. is going to fuck up your shit because you stole his gold. Damn it.
0: Wark Davis is not, you know, not only has a unique stature, he, I love him. I, I love him in everything he's in. With the exception of how he sort of disappears in Harry Potter, but he's kind of just <laughs> background. But I love him and I think, I love that he has a series of his own. Really yeah. warms my heart.
3: Yeah, he was great in his uh HBO series where it's all about Life's a fictionalized short. version of yeah. work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do recommend that. Uh I've yet to see the new Willow on Disney Plus. I really need to.
2: It's it's it is weird. Mm-hmm. It is oh, really yeah? weird. It's uh you know the people are complaining about the Joss Whedonification of fantasy and that everyone's kind of sarcastic and snappy dialoguing at each other. Um huh. But he's fine because he's like the straight man to all the goofy shit happening so to the cw
0: show happening in the background i'm not shitting on i only saw the first episode and i had mega when do we get to the fireworks factory vibes because the show's called willow and and, uh anyway you can listen to uh willow talk uh chris baker's willow show if you want to hear more about that and of course i think the leprechaun would be even made even more famous by i think one of the most underrated comedy sequels of all time wayne's world Two.
1: She does. Uh, Sweetie, it's me. Uh, it's me. The, the Leprechaun. Ah! G- uh, <laughs>
4: <Leprechaun.
0: laughs> uh, did that originate on the show? I, I think it did. Yeah, it did Isn't it. it? Yeah, I, I remember so. it on the
2: show.
0: I think so. It's uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah.
4: All
2: it but, takes is the, the whole... flashlight and a funny face. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> the whole joke is the Leprechaun is not scary. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah, we are never doing an Elm Street nightmare on this series. Why
0: I'm
4: sorry.
3: not? <laughs>
0: Why not? You're going to make me jump right into Hellraiser? Jesus. Um, And then a hard pivot over to a movie I have not seen in a very long time. I meant to get to it this week. God, I wanted to see this. Penelope Ann Miller, Diane Lane, Kevin Kline, Moira Kelly, Mila Jovovich, Anthony Hopkins, Kevin Dunn, Geraldine Chaplin. uh, Any relation? Dan Aykroyd and Robert Downey Jr. in Chaplin. Chaplin!
1: They tried to ruin his reputation. How old is this one? well sir she's underage is all that matters and end his career Tell he is people. talking about Tell america you be creative for a change charlie but no one could destroy the genius just waiting for that other shot sid of Chaplin, robert downey jr in a richard attenborough film Chaplin rated pg-13
0: yeah Chaplin, baby real quiet crowd pleaser
2: so I was depressed by this by finding out oh Attenborough originally thought maybe I should do this as a miniseries because there's too much to cover. Oh, man, yeah,
4: yes.
2: oh my Jesus God, yes, this should be a long mini-series. There is a lot. The guy had a very, very long life, and it's very hard, yeah, to put all of it into a movie. And so and just just
0: just for me. Every time I post that Drake, Drake di- Dictator speech on YouTube, mm-hmm. a couple of people are like, "What's up with this Hitler guy?" And most people know who Charlie Chaplin is. They're just—he's mm-hmm. not synonymous with speaking. He has an entire speaking era of films, European era of films, just silence they shorts. They blow, they uh, blow
2: right over. They pretend that yeah, Monsieur Verdoux and uh, Countess of Hong Kong never happened. Mm. Um, but yeah, they got to cover his whole, you know, Chaplin can't do pratfalls until he thinks about his whole life. <laughs> and his life was fascinating. It was a fucking Dickensian childhood with a, a mom that we would probably diagnose as bipolar or possibly schizophrenic now. Played by Geraldine Chaplin. Geraldine Chaplin is playing her own grandma.
3: That had to be so rad. weird.
2: Yeah, I, I
3: cannot rad. imagine playing your own grandparent.
2: Right. That I, she never met. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. And but she
3: said when she met Robert Downey Jr., fully dressed as chaplain, uh, that she found it to be an incredibly moving experience. And she had to, like, catch herself because he mm. looks so much like her dad.
2: Yeah. And he he nails it. And this oh, was yeah. very controversial as casting. People were Dude, like, no
0: one knew who this, this guy, guy is was. not.
2: This guy's not a star. Yeah. This guy is the second or third build guy in like um, a Mel less Gibson than zero. movie.
0: That's that's like the biggest yeah, thing he was in. America, it's Less than zero. That, he is that, amazing that in less than, than zero. <laughs>
2: yeah. But yeah. And so, I mean, they tried to get like every big star who would have been terrible casting. And uh, Downey Jr. does an amazing job. He really is doing so much of the physical comedy. He is killing it. The only problem is this movie is a Wikipedia article.
4: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
2: Yes, they got to hit the big things and they got to telegraph them of like, oh, I don't know what kind of movie I should make. Maybe something about modern times. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they deal with, you know, how he came up through, you know, silent shorts and then the idea of like, you know, the tramp and should they, you know, should the tramp talk once talkies start and what's he going to do and blah, blah, blah. And now oh, they do not shy away from Chaplin married. Very young women,
3: multiple,
2: not. Und- he he married. Look, well, I could tell you this he married four times, and only one of them was not a teenager.
0: Wow, yep,
2: <sighs> yeah. There was yeah. Over 18. Uh, should we cut him it's a break because people,
0: people there was like a war going on, and people are only supposed to live to 35.
2: Uh, no, even <laughs> well, at the time, they were like, He's breaking the law, yeah. he's until, breaking well, the
0: law, but then, the law.
2: then he, he, married them. he
3: married them. Once you marry them, that erased, in the 1910 standards, the illegality.
2: Yeah, so I appreciate they do not... <laughs> They're in God's jurisdiction kind
0: of, now. <laughs> right. <laughs> Basically,
2: they, they, they do not just skip over that, like, this was a thing for him. And, like, if yeah. I was going to psychological, like, try to try to decode it, it could be... That's where his mentality was stuck, that he was kind of perpetually... Because he wasn't really parented, that he might have just mentally been like a teenager his whole life that actually makes a lot of sense but they don't really get into that too much but they do get into Uh, j edgar hoover uh hating him and wanting to railroad him which is completely
3: fictitious there is not the slightest bit of evidence j edgar hoover ever had the slightest personal interest of Charlie Chaplin. What it is, is J. Edgar Hoover had files on everybody. So anytime you need to have a historical drama, you can always go, why J. Edgar Hoover had a file on our protagonist, therefore we can put J. Edgar Hoover in our film, right? Especially if he's a commie. Yeah,
2: Yeah. no, they thought he was a communist, because he practically was. He was a pretty ardent socialist.
3: And he accepted a communist award
2: and he met
3: with a communist leader and the movie does not want you to think about that. Yeah.
2: No, no, they want you to think that like, oh no, he's a, a good guy and the FBI is being mean to him, which fair that that is fair but yeah i mean he got kicked out of the country they they removed his visa and he wasn't allowed back in until uh the oscars right before he died which is where the movie ends which i recommend you look up the actual clip cuz they cut it off before he talks huh. and the original clip is devastating oh my goodness it's incredible so it's that's a good place to end the movie um i loved i mentioned i was oh, yeah. watching this to my husband and the only thing he remembered being 14 In 1993 was it's a PG-13 movie with multiple titties.
3: (laughs) The 1990s were far more sexual than today. I know people tend to think uh, history runs in a straight line. It does not. It loops. It turves. It does whatever. Does not run in a straight line. Movies, television, music, not video games. But other than that, all major media in the 1990s far more sexual. Than today, yes, I think that we yep. get a uh,
0: term for that objectification, where yeah, a, a little like, kid in school could be handed a Saint Pauli girl beer poster for free, like <laughs> yeah, boobies <laughs> on the wall.
2: Yeah, like uh, there's no uh, reason Diane Lee can be wearing a negligee, but she's not. Okay, that that's yeah. cool. Like overall, it's good. It's a good basic introduction. Like I said, it's like it's a Wikipedia article. You you want the greatest hits? You want the background that you didn't know? Fine. It's a well-made film. Everyone's really good in it. I, it didn't, you know, move me in any particular way because Too it's much. just it's just hitting all it's just hitting the big story beats <sighs> and we're not really getting to know anything about anybody.
3: I, I like the fact that this movie addresses that people aren't all one thing. When you think about Charlie Chaplin, you think of, yeah, that funny guy, his sole defining trait is that he's funny and he has nothing else to to him other than that he's funny. Right. Uh, But the biopic does show us that he had a lot going on in his long life, including his relationship with two young of women. Um, There's actually a comedian stand-up special clip that I think explains technically not a pedophile.
1: Technically speaking, technically speaking, R. Kelly is not a pedophile. Just give me one second. I promise this goes one. Just hear me. The, 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 the term pedophile refers to people who are attracted to those that are prepubescent. Then there's something called a hebophile. That's people who are attracted to those in the early stages of puberty, like 11, 12, 13, 14. And then there's something called an e That's people
3: who are attracted to those in the later stages of puberty, like 15, 16, 17, 18. But I think the reason we don't make those distinctions is because it's very hard to explain the difference
0: <laughs> without sounding like a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm not saying hebophile. I thought that was something else. Uh, yeah. Uh, not excusing all that. But yeah, like I remember uh, I grew up cherishing Chaplin because just the way he was exalted on, on TV and the way, like my father and grandfather grew up with it. Um, in theaters and television. And I was, I was shocked. Like after 10 years of living in San Francisco, there's a little town. you remember the town's name, Diana, in North California? That's just all Charlie Chaplin themed because he filmed three movies I've never heard of. And I've seen a lot of his movies in this one little town in North, in North California. Everything is Charlie Chaplin themed. It was a small studio there for just a couple of years. Yeah, that's how like robust this dude's life is to live through multiple eras, eras of cinema and war and unrest and multiple nations with multiple wives. Somebody should do a goddamn miniseries about this. I hope people still yeah. care.
3: Yeah, a yeah. great big uh, Netflix series would be great for this. I mean, that's. I mean, it was a long, long life. I mean, yeah. honestly, his time going from poor ass London. Kid working in the literal poorhouse to breaking into Hollywood could be an entire season.: Yeah, to, and then the to, next yeah. season could be him as the biggest star in Hollywood. He dies after Star Wars comes
0: out. <laughs> he may yeah. have seen yeah. Star Wars. That's how long mm-hmm. Charlie Chaplin lived. And by the way, it's only older people people our age you find, oh Chaplin boring. Like kids love this shit. It is yeah. it defined cartoons uh, for the yeah. most part. It's amazing. I love Chaplin
2: there's there there's part of it the problem is there's a lot of it if you can if yeah. you talk about the shorts oh, yeah. man they churn those fuckers out oh, yeah. but it, you know and he can be very sentimental like city lights is very you yes. know he can be sort of a it's a very weepy victorian kind of view because he is literally from the victorian era
0: but the uh, first kinda... modern
2: times modern times hits with any yep. audience today yep absolutely it is a it cartoon
0: is, it is wonderful it
2: works great
0: it is wonderful and he's like the yeah. first dude to like do a takedown of hitler in the movie theater like when people didn't yeah. really know who he was and they yeah. shared a mustache how dangerous was that
2: yeah i i like that they got in his his most famous line about uh hitler and that they kept a key, everyone decided oh he must be jewish because he's a lefty and he said i'm afraid i don't have that honor
4: it's <laughs> a great line and so
2: Respect forever from me. Oh, my God. I will fight anyone to the death over Chaplin. even though, damn, dude, marry a 22-year-old.
0: <laughs> or don't. But you don't
2: know, got to be 19. Yeah, he was in his 50s, and Una O'Neill was 18.
0: Yeah, not, is that, is that now, the they one? they stayed
2: together for a very long time.
0: Mm. Till his death, is, right? Yeah, yeah, till
2: his death. So it's not like he just traded her in for a new model. But, dude... Eighteen.
0: Yeah, it's a little much. So let's move on from that, Hoo-ah! and then. <laughs> into... oh, sorry. Last, oh, last
3: comment I want to make Go about Chaplin. Uh, yeah. I was watching it, and they have that scene where there's the hand crate camera. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's back in the day. It was just a guy pulling a lever. And you ever seen the Flintstones where there's an animal doing a repetitive task, and the animal goes, "It's a living." It's a living yes. Well, the hand. <laughs> cranked camera in those old films is the closest ass Flintstone job (laughs) I can think of. Yes. Like human Flintstone animal. Just uh, this is what I do. I roll this camera and I roll it at the exact same speed. And if I do too Mm -hmm. fast or too slow, I mess it up and I can't stop. No matter how many goddamn takes you take. Wasn't that a good enough take? I think that was a good enough take. Let me
0: stop. <laughs> I used my nose <laughs> to play this record player, but I'm in the union. Uh, <laughs> but then moving on with my awesome transition sound, which I'm probably not going to get rid of. Uh, straight God from God the FM God. radio.
2: At uh, least You got to have it at least through like March when we get to the Oscars. Know, back in 93, the Oscars were in like late March, early April. It's awful. It's awful, I tells you.
0: And But our next movie...
2: Uh, Let's do it. The Let's most, do the comeback. Most, the comeback, baby.
0: Uh, we got uh, Bradley Whitford, Phil Sy Hoffman in one of two great New York movies, Gabrielle Noir, James Reborn, uh, Chris O'Donnell, and Al Pacino in Scent of a Woman. Charlie's got a big problem at school. You take the weekend to think about it. And the only one who can help him...
1: What do you want here?! is this man our destination is new york city i'm just gonna have to turn right around and come back charlie's having a difficult weekend he looks fine to me she likes you al pacino women are the essence of life chris o'donnell she's not bad Who? bingo boys alive
0: scent of a woman scent of a woman uh i roll my eyes thinking about this movie and i found this wonderful I cannot believe 30 years ago, Al Pacino f- played his first old man.
2: Yeah. <laughs> 30 and he's, years ago. And he's, he's in his fifties. Yeah. yeah. He's like 53. Yeah. This, this one for me was kind of like a few good men where it's like, I know this movie, I remember this movie and then actually spend the time to watch every minute of it. And unfortunately Son of a Woman is longer than it needs to be. It's two and a half hours yeah. and being like, Oh, right. That's why people like this at the time. This actually is working pretty damn Well, and considering Pacino had arguably not had a hit? No.
0: Since, like,
2: like Scarface.
0: Yes, that's what I was looking at. Really? Really? (laughs) Ten years? He's like five movies, five starring roles removed from Scarface with this movie. And everyone in between, he's kind of soft-spoken, except for his role in Dick Tracy, where he's screaming his ass off. Yep, mm-hmm. and this is oh, I always thought of this as the start of Pacino
3: screen. It, it's Dick Tracy, though. It, it Tracy. is. It is Dick Tracy. But this is yeah, like that's. Then,
2: but th- in between you have Frankie and Johnny and Glen mm-hmm. Gary, Glen Ross. where yes. Glen Gary, we get that. I feel like that's actually the line because half of it is the very calm, quiet Pacino. Very we calm remember. Pacino and with the high then, voice. Oh yeah. Then you he f- explodes. Sail. You <laughs> fucked. My sail, you fucking child. Yeah. That's that declaring that's the line. That's the line right there.
0: But it's just he's okay. that voice the whole time. And I think he will do many other film roles where this is his volume. And yes. well this there is no cleaner break for
3: any actor I can think of than Pacino's acting phase at this point. Yeah. Because yes, he did yell before this film but this is when he did he get an oscar for yelling?
2: He finally got yeah. an oscar.
0: He's nominated right. in, he's nominated in two he's... acting categories this year.
2: Yeah, he's nominated right. for Glenn Gary also. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, Godfather 1 and 2 and Justice for All, uh Dog Day Afternoon, all these incredible performances. And so a lot of this was well he's due. Yeah. He is.
0: And he, he is. it made me like appreciate cuz I bought this in a when Amazon started bundling different studios movies starring the same actor in boxes that they sold. So I bought like a Al Pacino box set and this was in it. Uh, I was trying to get something else. I forget what, but like, yeah, I ended up like, this is Martin Bress, by the way. This is kind of the end of his, I thought his run was longer, but just the Beverly Hills cop to midnight run, which is very similar to this film.
2: Uh, That's it, an interesting way of looking at it. It, so. it,
0: it it's, There's there's no reason to teach chris o'donnell's character how to live because he's young and he'll learn anyway but it is they are not the same people at the same periods of their life just like the midnight mm-hmm. run guys they bounce off one another interestingly yeah.
2: uh, also in- interesting to note every young actor wanted this part yeah and i loved reading up about uh, when we talked about school ties a couple months ago every single actor in school ties read for yeah. this role chris o'donnell gets it and they hate him they hate him on that set. They hate his fucking guts. Because yeah, this could have been Affleck. This could have been Damon. Chris Rock read for this, which wow. really would have changed things.
3: That would have been a different movie.
2: <laughs> a very interesting movie, but different.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. It, wow.
0: And I uh, yeah, I just put, I, I was totally smitten by this character. It is, it is the exact Pacino you think it is, and it's for the whole movie. And he never he never turns the volume down. And it's just. It's kind of wonderful to see him get to cut loose like this, even though I think he's much younger than the role he's playing. Uh well, he's
3: been uh through a hard life. His character has been through a hard life. Yeah. Went through a lot of stuff. It's not the years, it's the mileage. And then he's obviously been in a alcoholic uh downward spiral yes. by L- the time you see him in this film.
0: Living in a mother-in-law suite in we his children's house, and he is Chris O'Donnell is a what would you call it? A scholarship boarding school kid hired for the weekend, the Thanksgiving weekend, to basically babysit this blind, cantankerous old man, who then takes him on a whirlwind journey to New York, where, unbeknownst to Chris O'Donnell's character, he is going to kill himself at the end of a uh, Dean Martin montage of a uh, New York behavior. <laughs> yeah. Come on. So, so this is
3: the first time I've seen this film. Really. And right. yep. Was not in my repertoire, although I've seen the Million and One parodies, of Mm -hmm. which uh,
1: this is my favorite. Our last film tonight stars Al Pacino in Scent of a Jackass. (laughs) Hoo-ha! Charlie, you pimply little preppy, I'm gonna kill myself. Good. I mean it, you MTV-watching mama's boy. I'm gonna pull the trigger. Fine, if it'll shut you up. You're gonna miss my hoo-ha, my tangoing, my blind driving, my hoo-ha... You said that already. I say it a lot. (laughs) Hoo-ha! Talk about overusing a catchphrase. So (laughs) I I was aware
3: of all the pop culture references made about this film, Mm -hmm. but I'd never sat down and actually watched it until this viewing. Mm -hmm. And it's a good film. I think it still holds up. I have a couple of issues with it. <laughs> is it, yeah. is, it, is One, it mine? Like,
0: why is there a courtroom sequence in a, in a, in a goddamn <laughs> auditorium for an infraction yeah. at a school? It's, it's, pretty silly actually
2: yeah actually it's before we get to that with the clip uh, I saw that okay someone put a clip from the critic in here now I was not sure if it was going to be scent of a wolfman yeah. or scent of a jackass and it turns out it was scent of a jackass thank you Hoo-ah! yeah yeah. I, the way he says why don't you shut up for a second I say that sometimes yes. uh,
3: so yeah I uh, the courtroom scene is one of my issues with it uh, it's it's so, deeply silly that they're having this open for the entire gym courtroom uh, for vandalism. And what got me more, and this happens in a lot of movies, so I can't completely blame scent of a woman is that a stranger who has no institutional power (laughs) gets up and gives a speech and then, all the, people the council decides who, they
0: don't need to deliberate. <laughs> His
3: yeah, was all, good. all the people who work for the boss of that institution turn on him, basically, because of the institutional speech. And I, I, I just can't help wondering how their future is going to go. You know, Debbie's going to go to the dean and say, hey, boss, I, I know I've used up all my time off for the year, but uh, do you? I, I need to go see my kid in... Uh, Florida, do you think I could get a little extra time? And the boss will just go, you know, normally I do that. But a random stranger just gave a very <laughs> impassioned speech about the importance of following proper vacation protocol. So no,
0: Debbie, the answer is no. And, and the testimony we held this whole tribunal for, for which none of it works, we're going to charge these kids anyway. So like it, it all it always like absolutely yeah. – sens- it, it's, it, it's almost
3: – It was more silly than that because yeah. these kids are speaking – over a loudspeaker to the entire, entire school, school <laughs> as they're uh, dumping paint on the prince, the dean's car, and it's like, well, that was your voice. I heard you. Yeah. That was your voice. So yeah. you're expelled, obviously. Yeah, um, I think. And the he- other problem I have is that Chris O'Donnell character is like, ah, oh, I'm in such a huge dilemma here. Uh, if I squeal on my friends, I get a free ride to Harvard. And if I don't squeal, I'll get in trouble. But his friends are not his friends. They're not his friends. The only no. thing we see no, them that's, that's is being idea. total dicks to Chris O'Donnell. That's mm-hmm. all we see of him. And Chris O'Donnell was not like part of the plan. Pranked. He wasn't like an accomplished. He didn't go along with it. He just happened to be in the wrong spot at the wrong time. And I don't think he
2: owes those people the
3: slightest thing. Nope. I no, I don't.
2: No, he do- he doesn't. And I like I again in a weird parallel with school ties the idea of like no this this is a class war and mm. you are here on a scholarship they will never accept you nope. as one of them no matter what you do no matter how you act whether or not you say the g and shtad or not you should mm. sell them all out because they are the enemy fuck the rich guys they suck
0: get them in the There's... crosshairs and take them down yeah
2: exactly <laughs>
0: uh and and i think and that was so
2: cool. also i love uh, james reborn and philip seymour hoffman james reborn never quite got past hey it's that guy mm-hmm. but you saw him everywhere yeah he was a real cool duel. and then this is phil Cy hoffman's kind of breakout part oh I yeah think.
0: he says his whole career the, changed he, after this
2: pt anderson saw this and was like that guy i i need to work with that guy i don't know what i'm gonna do with him and he's one day so i'm working weird. with that guy
3: for mm-hmm. me to see him play a high schooler, like yeah. my brain doesn't register as a high school man. Oh, it's like it's it's only because he
0: he didn't break through until a certain age because he is built to play a dipshit <laughs> boarding school guy as a young person. <laughs> God, does he look the, look the part?
2: And I, I love we're gonna talk about ten years from now. Where he's he's teaching at the fancy. Yes, school.
0: it's so neat. It, it was so and neat it's to watch.
2: Still not working out for him.
0: But <laughs> instead of a Woman*. He the same hair. of a Woman* became uh yeah like an an outright recommend for me. It is. Outside of its like kind of tacky tacked on ending, which you, it's just wonderful to it references Injustice for All like several times, and I just love the turning to the kids and fuck you too. Like <laughs> <laughs> I, I think this is wonderful. I'm
2: out of order. You're out of order. Jeffrey Tambor's out of order. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah. But I, I my I, people with me on this. This is a good. This is a fun watch. It yeah. was a fun
3: watch. I I, I could get past um, those flaws, and it was still enjoyable in the current year. It, it's yeah. I, it's
2: also you, you if, have to take it on its own though, because if you see it as like, oh, this is the harbinger of where the the ghosts of Pacino's future, where it's like yes, but but like for every shitty Pacino future we get, we do get some like any given Sunday insomnia. Treating. Or like a devil's advocate, devil's screaming advocate. like, "Come on, like yeah, this—that's him doing this and turning it." up. And i, I it, still argue—insomnia is old Pacino sneaking yeah, back in.
0: Yeah, that me too. And but it's—it's it's also I think it's important to recommend for younger folks out there who, you know, know Pacino as a caricature or a bit player in modern films. Like this is mm-hmm. pretty good evidence of why he was special. He—he mm-hmm. he really would crank it the fuck up and it's not as embarrassing as harvey Keitel and bad lieutenant and
2: no i mean i I have a friend who always refers to this as him playing foghorn leghorn (laughs) and i kind of see that and but also it's kind of what the movie needs yeah yeah i can't
0: imagine this film with a subtle performance can you yeah because it's it's a a blind guy who can't move very fast who is oddly one of the most kinetic characters in cinema history uh, mm-hmm. Yes, it's constantly moving things along. All right, that's a recommend for us. Got to get into TV because there's so much fun stuff to talk about um, this episode, including something we skated over last week. Uh, the premiere of Deep Space Nine premiered mm-hmm. as a two-hour movie in NBC primetime. What? Yeah, I remember this because Wasn't it
3: syndication.
0: It did that's go in. It, it did go into syndication, but it premiered ah. on NBC, if I'm not mistaken. Because like this was everywhere. And I remember like the Ferengi in particular, is that what they're called? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That made the cover of Mad Magazine the next month. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well,
2: the ears. Come
0: yeah. Totally. <laughs> it's, it's a great character. And I've I've tried to get into Deep Space Nine numerous times. And Star Trek is an insurmountable amount of television. And it doesn't lend itself well to binge watching. But I've watched this premiere two and a half times in my attempt to get into like a, thorough deep space nine uh run because every hardcore star trek fan i know and trust says this is the absolute best series uh the one one well it's (laughs) the most adult one and there was a lot of fan
3: anger at the time about that because gene roddenberry's whole thing is the future is better that's it yeah the future is going to be better we're going to solve all these problems what happens then deep space nine is very much not going in that viewpoint deep space nine is more about the most flawed star trek characters we've ever seen the most dingiest we've ever seen star trek it is set on a outpost in the middle of nowhere that becomes important by accident and suddenly is now this way station where things are going back and forth all the time you get the casablanca effect going down yeah and It's not uh so much that they are going to adventure, adventure just finds them adventure
0: comes to them and it's more about what Star Trek is sort of sort of always about, even on the gangster planet, politics, how you deal with different cultures and how they are forced to interact among one another. And you and you know, in the previous series you just got the Klingon and the Borg and some other some other adversarial relationship. This is about balancing those relationships with your adversaries. So it's really interesting and everybody I talk to says it when it when it hits its stride it becomes the one of the best Star Trek shows in the universe and I I was really into Star Trek at this point this is
3: probably the height of my Star Trek fandom which never got that huge but this is probably when it was the biggest because I was watching Next Generation regularly and had for a couple years and then it was like oh my gosh two Star Treks at the same time (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, that blew my mind at the time that there would be two Star Trek shows at the same time. Does it blow your mind mind that there's like three or
0: four simultaneous Star Treks right now (laughs) and that nobody you know is watching? Yeah, that's (laughs) It's pretty incredible. All that are pretty well-reviewed, too.
3: But there was also a lot of controversy because Babylon 5 has not premiered yet. It's got a very Mm. similar theme and uh j michael straczynski pitched his idea mm. to paramount right and they turned him down and then later they came up with this idea now mm. i don't think it's a slam dunk because sometimes it's volcano is going to destroy los angeles time or sometimes it's comets going to hit the earth time mm-hmm. and you get two movies about the same thing or two television shows about the same thing and it's not them copying anything it's just you know ideas are common I mean, the idea of what if instead of a spaceship going everywhere, we had a space station that sta- yeah. stayed in the same spot. Mm-hmm. That's not a mm-hmm. hard idea to come up with.
0: Yeah, it's it's actually like more feasible for television <laughs> in terms of just the yeah. set building. I'm um, shocked they didn't do it previously.
2: Yeah, I know. Yeah, just about everybody I know, as Deep Space Nine, Nine is probably the best Star Trek show and that I should watch it, especially because as it goes on, it becomes more and more serialized. It's not just a you know, adventure of the week, and then we reset. Like, yeah. there's ongoing storylines, but I know it takes them a little while to get to that. So if you're a big DS9 fan, please put in the comments, like, where's a good starting place? Do I do I really yeah. have to start at the beginning? Or can I'm I start at season this. three?
3: Mm. I'm going to pitch this again. JR's watch method. Go yep. online. Find mm. a list of top 20, 30, if you want to really stretch yourself, best DS9 episodes of all time. Only watch those. Except no, I, that there will be some subtleties yeah, I would, you'll miss.
2: Well, I, I want the overall story. If there's going to be a story arc through an entire season, I, I want the whole thing, man. I don't just I want the highlights.
3: Yeah, but you don't have time for that.
0: Yes. You don't. Eh, and, and, right. and if you yeah. care enough, I, but, Cjr's <laughs> point. If you care enough, you can go back. But the point. Yeah, is, the point is to get the twenty tics.
3: episodes. Amaze you so much, you can go back. You'll still enjoy it. But I've done this with multiple series at this point. I've been fine. I have not been struck by lightning. I haven't had a heart attack and died. One hundred
0: fifty watched... episodes, one hundred fifty hours of television for a show that's twenty years old is daunting. But I, yeah. I know this show is worth it because I think Cisco is one of the more fascinating captains mm-hmm. because he's constantly portrayed as imperfect. Or like, but watch the
3: twenty best episodes, and you, I guarantee, you will see Cisco's arc. Mm. I guarantee you will get the grand. Feeling of having watched the entire series without having to commit that 150 hours. Uh, 20 44 minute episodes is doable. 150 episodes
0: realistically is not. Uh, Speaking of a lot of episodes, a show that is still (laughs) going with over 1,500 episodes debuts this week on January 11th. Ladies and gentlemen, perhaps the longest running, running scripted show in the history of television that's not a soap opera. Or sports. It's both. Uh WWF WWE Monday Night Raw debuts 30 years ago this week and has not taken a week off. Uh, other than some uh, maybe some like major mishap. It has no breaks. Um, it airs. Not even every week. for COVID. Uh it did you did you not see the COVID stadium? They basically put up like no, eleven thousand iPad screens, and people from home could watch and see their face in the audience.
4: Whoa. Uh,
0: Thunderdome. Uh, uh, that that's some uh, nineteen eighty four loveliness we got
3: in the real world. there. But let me tell you why it's <laughs>
0: why it's important because um, it airs. I think it premieres in the USA network where it's been ever since. But the the history of modern or the history of television of our when we're kids is paved with wrestling. and But it was just wrestling companies using television to promote their shows. Cutting a promo, if you don't know that term, cut a promo on this guy, that was when wrestlers were like, just, they'd cut them in front of a, with Mean and Gene holding a microphone, I'm going to kick this guy's ass this Sunday at the Louisville Gardens. They, they were, they would wrestle in studios with minimal or no audience in order to promote a show that people could go to for free, i.e. pay-per-views. This is kind of the first thing that like, no, every week we are going to be live with a lot, with a live, massive audience. And that hadn't, that was not happening. If you look back at wrestling from the eighties, you will see like people wrestling in front of like nine people or in an empty studio. And this sort of creates a production value that everybody else has to step up to. And they couldn't record live every week because it turned out to be like kind of a fiasco. It gets weird. They have to pre-tape a bunch of stuff, which is... Strange when you have an audience of hundreds of people who can spoil things and eventually they're... Mm-hmm. Anyway, but uh, but WWE Raw changes how televised wrestling is presented uh, forever after. You do not see a lot of wrestling except during the COVID era with no audience, and that happened a lot before this. <laughs> Vince McMahon changing the game almost 30 years to the day. He almost made it. Uh, and then also this week, speaking of sci-fi, Space Rangers debuted... <laughs>
2: What the fuck? I'm looking at this cast list and I'm like, this is a joke, right? This is the the same the same time as DS9 comes out, you've you've got a show with Linda Hunt and Clint Howard and Jerry Hiroyuki Tagawa.
3: You know, I
2: I, it it was this feeling.
3: It was it was a time when people just kept thinking, you know, maybe this won't work out, but maybe it'll be the next Star Trek, and we can catch checks for the next 30. Five years. You know, that was the mindset. And it did not come to fruition. (laughs) Uh, Poor scheduling. Uh, Only four episodes were aired. Uh six were filmed. And uh yeah, not not remembered fondly by anyone. But we do have a clip. The
1: show is canceled. Canceled? Awesome! Can't be canceled.
2: They can't cancel me. I come halfway across the damn galaxy. Holding their head, going, Space Rangers. Oh my God. (laughs) I love that because I was a child and an idiot.
0: (laughs) Uh, Speaking of things that aren't to be, I've mentioned last year, David Lynch went from having like his greatest period to his kind of critically lowest period. Twin Peaks is a hit. He gets a bunch of other shows and a movie, all that kind of like creatively lowest period as well.
3: I tried to watch this, I couldn't get into it.
0: I, I, You know what, Lin, David Lynch, I, again, I, the most shocking thing about Twin Peaks is that the world was into this. I love David Lynch. I wouldn't show like most of the people I know his films. I wouldn't show my parents his films. The idea that he's getting shows greenlit left and right on network television is like probably sends the wrong message to David Lynch. <laughs> uh, everybody loves this. They're not going to say anything for 20 whole minutes. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, I don't know anything about a hotel room on HBO. But uh, Uh, it's set in various
3: different time periods, all in the same hotel room, room 606 of the New York based Railroad Hotel. And it takes place in 1936, 1969 and 1992. And not one of them
0: is interesting. Oh, damn it. It's got Crispin Glover and Harry Dean Stanton and everything. Man, uh, another show that debuts this week. Like, it's one of those uh, cultural phenomenons I think our generation kind of missed the boat on, the Untouchables, because mm-hmm. I was on a deep Looney Tunes watch, and they referenced the Untouchables a bunch, because I think it was on radio we and television.
2: It? Yeah, yeah, it had I've been a, around a long time. We talked me. about
0: the movie, but the movie is like this what <laughs> renaissance of this uh, huge property, Elliot Ness, um, and I have no affection for it. And, and A new Untouchable series debuts in syndication.
3: I, I recall... Watching this on syndication like one time, maybe one and a half times, just as I was flipping through the channels and being like, that's an interesting thing. And then never making any effort to watch it. So I never saw it. Uh, But yeah, the episode I do remember was the Nazi episode Kinda- where they show that Al Capone, even evil has standards huh. and he teams up with Elliot Ness to stop <coughs> The Nazis from taking over Chicago.
0: (laughs) It almost Uh, happened.
2: William Forsyth is Al Capone. I'm not, I'm not seeing it. Mm. It doesn't make any sense to me.
0: Well, we have uh, in this week in Diana's favorite law L.A. Law episode titles, Odor in the Court, <laughs> airs this week.
2: Really a Law of the best episode titles. This apparently is the one where uh, Brackman experiments with pheromones to spice up his love life and ends up getting sued over it.
0: And oh, lastly, we have uh, the Seinf- Seinfeld the movie, which I can't, I shouldn't say like that. The Seinfeld episode. <laughs> no, I wanted you to movie. say it like that. I know. The, the movie. The movie. This is just when they're in line for the movie the whole time, right?
3: No, no. They go in, and I hate the critique of Seinfeld. You know, if they had cell phones, they could never write cell phones. Okay, yeah. And, you know, maybe if they would have had cell phones in the honeymooners, then would Ralph came up with a crazy scheme, he could have Googled it and found out it wouldn't work. Okay? It was a different time. You could write for the past without having – uh, to take in mind technological changes 20 years later. But yeah, this plot would not work with cell phones. They go buy tickets. One person goes off somewhere. They go off somewhere else. They get separated. How do you find where people are? Uh, but it's it's a delightful comedy in that
0: dude, regard. Dude, and dude. I may n- never have something so appropriate to say in my life. Because I, I think what this episode does capture is the pain in the ass of organizing your friends. It it, it is a pain in less than 48 hours from this recording. I will be going to see Jerry Seinfeld because yeah, I know. Thank God he's playing at my girlfriend's work. Uh, I have six friends going. Do we eat beforehand or afterward? Well, I get off work? I'm hungry beforehand. I'm going to be hungry. after. I'm not, nine is too late. i like, oh my fucking God. This is the <laughs> Seinfeld episode in regards to seeing Seinfeld. It's happening to me as we speak and I'm tired of organizing it. Oh, let's go eat here. They don't take any reservations. We can't.
3: <laughs> Every time they make a complaint, you start talking back to them like Jerry Seinfeld in a Jerry Seinfeld voice. I yeah. will. I
0: will. Just, all. Just. I hate it. It's like children. I'm hungry now. Wait till after the movie. I can't just eat popcorn. Holy shit, we're 40. Just endure this. <laughs> it's like the, the greatest living legend of comedian we're going to sit in the seat. Just God damn it. Just, I don't know, eat something for fuck's sake.
3: Anyway. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I watched this when it aired and every moment after that, anytime someone asked me to save seats, I could not help but picture myself as Elaine trying to save these seats in this episode.
1: No, I'm sorry. These are taken. They're in the lobby buying
2: popcorn. What are you doing? These are taken. These are taken. Which one? These two and this one. No, don't come over here. These are taken. Go, go. go. These are taken.
1: They're taken. They're taken. Uh, Take them.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I, and uh, if they had cell that, phones,
0: mm-hmm. they could reserve their seats in the AMC app. Jr. I'm just yeah, I, I just um, haven't had to think I about mean, this. but for there's a long the time.
2: strategy of like, do you sit in the middle of yeah. the reserved seats and put jackets to both sides of, of course, your, you, or do you, you sit do. all the way to one end and put jackets along the way. I like to sit in the middle, but then sometimes people can't see the jacket past you, and so you have to be people like hey give me your jacket i don't even have jackets to, to reserve all the seats it
0: feels like so long ago when diana and i would go see movies with like a dozen people and this was kind of a minor fiasco you got to line up half an hour beforehand to get your seat like jesus that was the before times gross i don't want to go back to yeah. that uh, but also part of the before times in this episode
3: is the boys are all excited to see rochelle rochelle rochelle, rochelle because it has nudity Okay. I mean, again, this is something I feel the internet has just kind of like killed. I don't know the last time it was like, hey, there's a
0: movie with nudity. That's going to be a blockbuster, isn't it? With multiple women, perhaps. I don't know. Work for Bound. Uh, (laughs) Uh, But but yeah, yeah. One woman's erotic.
2: It's one woman's erotic journey from Milan to Minsk.
0: Okay. (laughs) Now,
3: your erotic journey from Minsk to Milan sounds good because that... But I do not understand going from Milan to freezing-ass-cold Siberia as being an erotic journey.
0: Clearly.
2: Eh, Is Minsk in Siberia? No, it's in Belarus.
0: Clearly, we jerk off the different things here.
2: Yeah. Okay.
3: I I, I still stand by my statement. Okay. I do not. I think that's. Let's move on to talking about some Sega
0: games that came out this week, because the segment's going long. American Gladiators is out on Genesis, sort of the perfect sport for video games, yet there is not really... a
2: video game.
0: Pretty much, like a bunch of mini-games that uh, you're kind of built to lose, as the the people (laughs) fighting against the American Gladiators found out. Uh, Andre Agassi Tennis for the Genesis, Andre Agassi Tennis Genesis uh, is out this week. And, man, Andre Agassi was so huge. This is when everybody had those goddamn yellow and blue shoes. I didn't get them until years later on clearance, but eventually I did. And I looked like the kids two years ago. Nobody acknowledged me. Um, Other sports games, George Foreman's KO Boxing. Is that for a second? These games just really remind me that the
3: Sega strategy was pretty much, let's just buy famous people. And that'll be video game, it's, right? It's how they famous people equals video how we game.
0: break into the Western market. Because I mean, Nintendo tried it once with Punch Out, and never again until yep. Ken Griffey Jr., uh, who they owned technically. And then, oh, great moments in Sega CD audio, ladies and gentlemen. Chuck Rock uh, is out on Sega CD. Perhaps what is,
2: what is Chuck Rock? It's a
0: game starring a <laughs> charismatic a, caveman. It's the it's funniest an attempt to uh... have a mascot. Um, Oh,
2: I get it. He's a king, man.
3: Yeah, you belly bump your enemies, but if you're 12, you can make all sorts of lewd comments about what it looks like Chuck Rock is doing. Yes, and it's Uh. one of the
0: funniest things I've ever seen in two Japanese import sections because I don't think they gave a fuck about it in this this odd $200 obscurity in the modern-day Japan (laughs) game stores. But we finally have real voice acting in Chuck Rock, the thing that was missing, the, the final ingredient. Looks like he's got the hearts the Chuck's wife, the beautiful Ophelia Rock. Cripes.
1: Guys, waxed Ophelia's nut. <laughs> Too Australian. Forget I, the match, Chuck. Is, I there, think a, is... <laughs> is, is there a
2: Sega CD game with good voice acting? I have um, never heard
0: of Yeah. One. I've only Ooh.
2: heard about, I can't wait to bump some dongers.
0: And last <laughs> but not leastly, Batman Return of the Joker on Genesis. I never played this version. Batman uses a gun a lot.
2: Yeah, I mean, that.
0: that's what it is.
2: It's but, Batman with a gun. But this is not Batman beyond Return of the Joker. No.
3: No. This is just Batman, Return of the Joker. Of the Joker. Yeah.
2: A follow-up to the Tim Burton film, i assume. I think that's
0: what they were trying in to spirit, label
2: it as. But I don't yeah. think okay. it was
3: legally that way. But I think they were like, if you th- we all know what. If you think here, back right? in the day,
0: they had to reconcile the fact that millions of people saw only one Joker and then saw him die at the end. They have to say Return of the Joker. It's ridiculous. Wow. Um, that's and,
2: confusing because Batman Beyond Return of the Joker is fucking great.
3: Oh, that's that's one of the darkest things it's I've ever so seen dark. animated.
2: Oh, so disturbing.
0: Um,
2: I, oh, my God. Anyway.
0: And then we have a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductions in our music category. Music yeah. 1993. Uh, what is it? January oh. 6th to the 12th.
2: This is amazing.
0: What do we got? Ruth Brown, Cream, Creedence <laughs> Clearwater Revival featuring John Fogarty. Uh, the Doors, Frankie Lemon and the Teenagers, Etta James, Van Morrison, and Sly and the Family Stone.
2: Fantastic. Cream reuniting. That was a big deal even though it's only three guys. Mm-hmm. One of them's Eric Clapton and he could be a dick. Ruth Brown, uh, an absolute legend in early rock and roll. Creedence Clearwater, people probably know uh, every time Vietnam shows up in a movie. The Doors, duh. Frankie Lyman and the Teenagers. Again, I do have to recommend the movie Why Do Fools Fall in Love? That was a fun movie. Etta James, amazing. Van Morrison, a dick now, but amazing musician. Sly and the Family <laughs> Stone. I Man. love them so much, even though yes. they're all completely insane.
0: <laughs> and uh, no other new releases that come out this week, 30 years ago, include the self-titled album by Mark Colley, uh, American uh, Graffishy, "Graphishi" by... Uh, American
2: Graphishi,
0: Graffishy by Flipper. Uh, Blue Funk by Heavy D and the Boys, Edge of Excess by Triumph, and No Cure for Cancer by Dennis Leary, an album and film I love despite all of the allegations that it's stolen material uh, from Bill Hicks. And it, there is a bit online where you can hear Louis C.K. talk about performing material about intentionally being an asshole. That Dennis Leary's like, "That's great, that's great." I'm going to use that, and it becomes the first song I ever learned how to play on the acoustic guitar, the song I thought was the funniest thing in the history of comedy. Dennis Leary's Asshole will take us out. Um, I love this song, uh, but yes.
2: It's, it is catchy. It is great. It is a lot of fun.
0: And it's, it, I, I don't know if any other comedian. Have you ever karaoke this, this song? Ooh. Oh, I would love to. Yeah. That's try. a fun karaoke song. Well, handicapped people make handicapped faces. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yes, but let's close out with Asshole. We do that every episode. Beat you to it. Uh, but when we get back, we got even more fun stuff to talk about in our brand new season. Season premiere. That's what this is. Say <laughs> right there.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I drive really slow in the ultra-fast lane while people behind me are going in. toilets and I piss on the
0: Hello, fellow nerf herders. Did you not like Last Jedi, Rise of the Skywalker, or would you just prefer a majority of Star Wars fans take a slow walk into a volcano? What I'm saying is, are you sick of Star Wars? Well, I thought I was, but my co-host Jeremy and Adam beg to differ, except when they don't. Get ready for a whole lot of love, a whole lot of hate, and a whole lot of geeky therapy in our new series, Sick of Star Wars with a big, giant question mark, exclusively available at patreon.com slash Here's a little taste. My
1: country.
0: There was no internet in 1980. Blah blah blah. Uh, but I, I wanted yeah. to find people's reactions to Empire Strikes Back because yeah, it's the it's the twist, man. W- what was it? What was it when people walk at a theater? How were people talking about this? And it's one. It's really weird. The only cool record we have of this is Starlog magazine allowed people to write in, and you can find those on archive.org, and that remains the closest thing we have to a comment thread about Empire Strikes Back when it comes out, but what we did have was wonderful, wonderful news stories. They have audience reactions of people coming out of the theater. Although the critics are disappointed, consumers looking for an escape into fantasy this summer will have the last word. left me confused. (laughs) I didn't understand any of it. Special effects were tremendous. really enjoyed it. Oh, I
4: thought it was pretty good. I didn't like the ending. It could have been a
1: better ending.
0: Get fucked, (laughs) Lee. <laughs> oh, that's sick of Star Wars available exclusively at Patreon.com/LaserTime, along with weekly bonus shows, over a hundred movie commentaries, exclusive bonus podcasts, and more for just five bucks. And that's in addition to the brand new show, Sick of Star Wars, an angst-ridden podcast saga told in nine parts. Listen long and prosper.
1: This is so wizarding.
0: Coming to 2003, I get to say that for the first time, Air Force is won by Nelly. It's on the charts this week, this week being January 6th to the 12th of 2003. Welcome to a new decade, everyone. Other new releases include uh, Redemption by Benzino, Revenge is My Name by Iron Mask, Hate Crew Death Roll by Children of Bottom, Glitter for Your Soul by Ricky Rocket of Poison, Inertia by The Exiles, Living Out Loud and Living Out Loud by Aaron Lines, Lose Yourself by... Eminem is still number one. A little bit of news to bring you in the wonderful world of 2003, January 6th, the 12th. Jennifer Connolly and Paul Bettany marry? Oh, yep. wait. Connolly Labyrinth. Yes. Yeah. Not White Lotus. Got it. Uh, no. marry, they marry and are still together. Oh, cannot believe Aww. he got to. I cannot believe Vision got to marry that lady from uh, Opportunity Knox's uh, Horse yeah. Sequence. Woo. <laughs>
2: Uh, no, I, I liked that story. It was kind of cute that I saw how they got together. It was that he literally had a crush on her when he was a kid. Wow. And they worked together on A Beautiful Mind. And, like, I think they were seeing other people, whatever. And 9-11 made him decide, like, you got to so grab the opportunity. Fucking mm-hmm. roll the yeah. dice. Let's go. And now they've been married 20 years. So Amazing. Yeah, Nice. Uh,
3: have you ever seen, like, one of those video clips? It's Jennifer Conley over time. Yeah, it doesn't no. change. It, it 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 doesn't change. It's like, there you are at twenty five, there you are at forty five,
0: hair same I color, same guessed. length. Uh,
3: yeah, it's pretty amazing. I guess
0: twenty years happened for me, but not for you. Okay. <laughs> Conversely, Tay Diggs and Adina Menzel marry and they divorce in twenty fourteen. Um, I did not know but they, they were, they were married. So happy. I, I did. They did. So it's, happy. It's still a good run for a modern marriage modern celebrity marriage that's Over a good
2: decade? run for celebrity marriage I did not know they were together that's pretty cool
0: me neither moving to the movies of 2003 January 6th oh. and 12th Oh, can't wait to talk about one of these only one of these uh, we a got...
2: movie made for Diana
0: is it is it the first one far from heaven yes. with Julian Moore Dennis Quaid Dennis Haysbert Pritchard, Pritchard Carson Viola Davis and James Reborn again James there Reborn he will he be a coast to coast 30 2010 champion let's see far from heaven Diana
2: what ah, this, this movie is fucking made for me because it is a throwback to 50s Douglas Sirk melodramas, very, very, very intentionally, like All That Heaven Allows or Written on the Wind, which are these big lurid melodramas with like bright colors that are indicting the 50s and their forced conformity. And why can't the older woman marry the younger Rock Hudson? Her kids are horrible. Why can't she these damn small towns and their damn morals? And so it's uh, Todd Haynes, um, who kind of goes back to this well with Carol. Like, mm-hmm. if you liked Carol, you might like Far From Heaven, in that it's the same sort of 50s-style melodrama, but this time it's about race, and it's also about homosexuality, which are things that were often implied very lightly in the 50s movies, but they definitely cannot get into him of, like, Julianne is married to Dennis Quaid, he's been drinking an awful lot, he's spending a lot of time at the office, she goes, and he's making out with a dude oh and then he's like no i have this problem i can change i'll just drink more nope he's making out with a dude again okay uh and meanwhile she's like starting this relationship with the gardener dennis Haysbert, and because he's black people are talking and it's just the whole town is so upset and it's like you bunch of hypocrites fuck the 50s <laughs> oh i love it i love it so much i Me love too. those melodramas written on the wind is like the horniest movie that ever got made because there's a lot of stuff about like men and their sexual uh, problems but they're also like own a bunch of oil wells so there's these model oil wells around and people keep touching them and stroking them Ew. I love it Ew. Um, oh yeah so yeah far from heaven if that is your jam and that's an incredibly specific jam you will fucking love it if
0: yeah. you
2: like throwback melodramas
0: and then moving on to perhaps my favorite movie of this week. A um, real
2: surprise for me. Yeah, yeah. I'd never seen this before. I always heard it was great. I'd watched the ending mm-hmm. because I heard that was amazing. And now I finally watched the movie and I was like, why Why did I wait 20 years? This was great.
0: Yeah. And uh, look at this cast. Uh, Brian Cox, Anna Paquin, Rosario Dawson, Barry Pepper. Phillips Phillips I. Hoffman again, and I'm just going to say it, Patrice uh, (laughs) O'Neill. Edward Norton. Oh, yeah.
2: (laughs) Patrice O'Neill, the movie.
0: And uh, Spike Lee's The 25th, 25th Hour.
1: Montgomery Brogan is about to discover... He's going to prison for seven years. ...if he can change his whole life in one day. Critics are hailing Twenty Fifth Hour as extraordinary, remarkable, a brilliant performance by Edward Norton in a stunning ensemble. This will be the best night of my life. Edward Norton, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Barry Pepper, Rosario Dawson, Anna Paquin, Brian Cox in a Spike Lee joint. Twenty Fifth Hour certainly one of the finest films of the year. Rated R.
0: Now, man, um, yeah, I had, oh. I have a lot of love for this movie. Um, which I got to say right off the bat, I didn't. Have any idea? Written screenplay based off his book. David Benioff, showrunner of Game of Thrones, he wrote huh. this. Huh? He wrote yeah, this, and I, and what I truly find. I, oh, go ahead, dime.
2: I was going to say I, I was kind of besides being surprised by that, I was surprised. I had to go look. I think this is Spike Lee's first movie that has no black lead in it.
0: Not even *Son of Sam*. *Summer of Sam*.
2: I think Summer of Sam, that might actually be, okay, never mind. But was like, Walker's has Delroy Lindo in it. But I wanted like, to
0: find, there's a clip of him blowing up at a really. reporter, because like, what's it like to direct a white movie? He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, John Totoro's been in nine of my fucking movies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's
2: Italian.
0: Yeah. I, and Spike Lee, I, I got to tip my hat to him, because one, it it's in his style, this amazing little tribute to New York when we needed it most. His flavor was like, the book has no 9-11 references. No, and
3: because it was written pre-9-11. Yes, 11.
0: but like right before 9-11. So a lot of yeah. things that are happening are still there, but like it is the first major movie to take place in a post-9-11 world. They don't airbrush out the Twin Towers. There's a giant dramatic scene shot at at is what is being cleaned up of ground zeros at that time. And at... For I I I don't know if someone could see this movie right now and be like oh that's amazing but like I remember how amazing that felt to be like fuck my entertainment it, that's not David Letterman or John Stewart are acknowledging nine eleven and that our world is different mm-hmm. and it happens mm-hmm. right here and it, it happens for the first time and it cut deep then and it it instantly brings me back to that and it has has there been a single movie. Major Hollywood
3: movie that you would say is like the post-COVID movie, like it's obviously <sighs> set
0: either during or after yes. the COVID. Jackass, As- Jackass forever. Yeah, the glass onion is the correct answer. But <laughs> Jackass forever <laughs> certainly gets a runner-up. Uh, but you're right. You're right. You like it is a distinct flavor, a, a movie about New York that is like very in the background about 9-11 and i yeah
2: i don't like opening credits with the towers of light Mm -hmm. all the different angles of when they they set up the lights to make the replace the towers with just the lights and the terence blanchard score which just turns into a freaking beethoven symphony by the end god it was so so beautiful
0: yeah and the the i don't like that tv spot it's like one man has one night to change his life i'm like it is not about that at all no, no, it, he, it is he, It is
3: one man has one night to say goodbye to his life. Yeah, to, it's, like,
0: it's like it's it's. like you see this in movies where old people are dying or people are getting cancer, inoperable cancer, and they still have all their faculties, and they go around and do all the things that they wanted to do. But Norton's got no time or money for that because he's going to jail for seven years. And by the way he describes Rikers, he's not going to make it out of there. He hasn't... It,
2: <laughs> Well, he, he's, he's right. It was like, I, I mean, that was a, a turn towards the end. I, I'm going to spoil now is asking his friend to beat the shit out of him. So he doesn't look pretty yep. when he goes into, into prison. He says, no, he's not going to Rikers. He's going upstate to prison, prison.
0: Okay. The man
3: who comes out of Rikers is not going to be the same man who goes in hundred
0: percent. Life is going to be hard. Yeah. And he's, and he's, it's, I'm so old now and the three men in the movie are younger than me and it is like this weird coming of age thing like i i don't remember moments like that but maybe when like your friend moves away and like this nothing is going to be the same after this and this is might yeah. be the last time i see you and that, like that's I, I've what i've
3: twice now in the last seven years both major movie moves over a thousand miles each time mm-hmm. and it's not like going to prison but it's fairly major it's like I really doubt we're going to be friends over a thousand miles, you know. Mm.
0: So, and it it, it requires th- yeah. a certain amount of closure and a last hurrah of of, of a certain type. Mm-hmm. And my mm-hmm. only thing and is,
2: his, his friends are like feeling different ways about it. Of mm-hmm. sort of like, oh well, no, I'm going to go visit you. And his other one one friend is like that, and the other friend is like, you fucking did this to yourself. You were a drug dealer, you dumbass. And why is
0: it the Wall Street <laughs> guy who all of a sudden has a huge heart? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, have you ever
3: had a friend who does something that you have warned them about yes. again and yeah. again and yes. again? And when the bad thing happens, you know, you're human. Your your human instinct is to go, what did you expect? I told you over and over again, the bad thing would happen. And now the bad thing has happened. What
1: did you expect?
0: It's 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 yep. part of my whatever stage of adulthood I'm at. I'm like, I have a couple friends like that and like, this is the last time I'm going to say this. This is bad. Mm-hmm. Don't do this. And that's the last time I'm going to mention it. But if, if this starts to interfere with my life, I can't hang. I like I've had to do that yeah. now. Like, but whatever. Uh, but th- that that's I don't know. Just just like this odd odd movie for Spike Lee. Not because, necessarily because the white cast, but like uh, just it didn't strike me as a Spike Lee movie. It's well, the it, music. It, I it, didn't watch this and go,
3: that's obviously Spike Lee. I didn't get that feeling.
0: I, I only did because we have a clip of the, Nor- the the monologue, Norton screams in the mirror, basically to, <laughs> to lie to himself. It, 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 I, it serves two purposes. So, like, I'm not going to miss this place or anyone in it. I don't give a shit. But it also yep. echoes of 9-11 era fears and prejudices.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and it's a nice follow-up to a very similar one from Do yes, the Right Thing. Yes. But just gets heavier and bigger and bigger instead of just like i hate that one korean grocer it's like i hate all of korea
0: yes and it's this this, this giant fuck you to all of new york
1: english fuck the russians in brighton beach mobster thugs sitting in cafes sipping tea in little glasses sugar cubes between their teeth Wheeling and dealing and scheming. Go back where you fucking came from. Fuck the black-hatted Hasidim strolling up and down 47th Street in their dirty gabardine with their dandruff, selling South African apartheid diamonds. Come on, your wife deserves this. Fuck the Wall Street brokers, self-styled masters of the universe. Michael Douglas, Gordon Gecko, wannabe motherfuckers figuring out new ways to rob hardworking people blind. Send those Enron assholes to jail for fucking life. You think Bush and Cheney didn't know about that shit? Give me a fucking break. Philadelphia, WorldCom, fuck the Puerto Ricans. 22 a car, swelling up the welfare rolls, worst fucking parade in the city. And don't even get me started on the dumb in the cans because they make the Puerto Ricans look good. Who's this fucking guy? Get the You're fuck out! Fuck the Bensonhurst Italians with their pomaded hair, their nylon warm-up suits, their St. Anthony medallions, swinging the Jason Giambi, on well-slubbed
0: baseball. I fucking love this sequence. It... I mean, the dude Benov didn't write this for Spike Lee, he wrote it separately and he took it out of the screenplay and Spike's like, no, you throw that no. shit back in and like that sequence entirely will ground this movie forever in a certain place in time. Yeah. I love it.
2: Yeah, but well, the thing is, I love all the things he's listening to are things I love New York for. Like, well, this- some of them. <laughs> I well, mean, he's no, lying really. to it's, himself it's, yeah he's lying to himself it's the diversity it's like yeah i like the, the dominicans and the puerto ricans and he's, the Hasid's he's, he's and, dating and, one
0: he's in love with a puerto yeah, rican
2: Yeah, I, no these are things that make new york so special he's trying to convince himself nah this place fucking sucks I, it, i'm it, glad it, it got blown up it, fuck it, you
0: and it echoes of like fuck Fuck the police! You abandoned us when you needed us. You fucking plunge your stick in an asshole, motherfuckers! I'm like, well, that's mm. a very specific incident. Wow, um, that's very but I know, but that's, but that's what I—that's what I love about it. Like, it's—I think it's—it's it's hard for a movie. Uh, it can convey a style of the time, but a, a, the zeitgeist of the time is like kind of crystallized in this, and not—not not just a year, but like a moment, a fucking mm. moment. And it's—it's it's that thing I said about. Tough crowd like that show. Most of the regrettable stuff that I love watching, rewatching it for is how people felt right after 9 11, right after, you know, thousands of people See, they might have known died this and their is pa- why towers came down.
3: I think movies and television have such a special pra- place because they can capture a specific moment and freeze it for all time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you can really get a sense for what it was like emotionally by watching some of these post 9-11 films in a way that just flipping past it in the history books uh won't
0: especially here when it's such a raw nerve it simultaneously makes it stuck in time and timeless like i love it i love that about the film and the film's like
2: and and that's like not what the film is about even i mean really is yeah edward norton's got to report to prison the next day but he's also not like oh, how did this happen to me? Why? Why? It's like, no, he knows why. It's because um, he was a scholarship student at a fancy prep school. He made his money dealing drugs. And that's what he did. Then Isaiah Whitlock Jr. is going to show up, uh, find all your money and drugs and say, shee, the way only Isaiah Whitlock can. I'm shocked
0: he wasn't sued for taking a catchphrase from the wire so blatantly. And throwing into this no, movie. No,
2: Isaiah Whitlock, I was, that's his catchphrase just forever. Like, yeah. He says, yeah. <laughs> he does his wire catchphrase alive.
0: as a different character. It's crazy. But I, I uh, love this film and I cannot recommend it enough. I don't think it's streaming anywhere, sadly. Yeah. But uh, yeah.
2: it's, it's worth great. the rent, though. I, I was, yeah, I don't know why I thought it was going to be wallowing in 9 11 y stuff. No, no, Instead, just being, yeah, this interesting look at different people reacting to this like major change going on. And yeah, the ending. Oh my God, that was beautiful. It was. One of the most beautiful ending sequences.
3: If they had chickened out, spoiler warning, and had uh, him run away and live out the dream life, no one would remember this film, I don't think. Mm. But by having it be like... That's what you want to happen, yep. but we're ending on the shot of you driving to jail because that's a fantasy, and you're about to go to jail for seven
0: I, years. I knew Jr. would would pick up on that, and I, I, what I love about it, what it reminded me of, was the ending of Raising Arizona, <laughs> hmm. <laughs> because at the end of I it, was gonna,
2: I was going to say Last Temptation of Christ, it. but okay, <laughs> yeah,
0: well that that works too. Raising Arizona, it's like a uh, you know they give the kid back, they might go to jail, and he's like, but I also had a dream that maybe this, this my life worked out exactly as i wanted it to and it just goes to this montage of the, the the perfect ending you could have even though you don't necessarily have it i was taking off my headphones cuz i haven't seen raising arizona yet oh, <laughs> oh.
2: i am shocked and appalled
3: yeah. mr Rolf. <laughs> it's on the list okay
2: it is you're going to laugh yourself sick it's if you've never seen raising arizona do you like
3: other cohen brothers comedies i love cohen brothers comedies it i do explain with words how i have gone this long without seeing it uh mm-hmm. i i was forced to watch it when i was like too young and i walked mm-hmm. out on it at like the half an hour mark my cousins oh, okay. thought it was the funniest thing i was too young and i just haven't gone back even though i know i should I know it's, I should. I, Dude, put, a, put
2: down puppy pee pads because you will ruin your it's, couch. It's
0: not a spoiler <laughs> to say like that. That movie ends with the character saying the ending they would have wanted, and okay. and you uh, and it's ambiguous to whether that happens or not because you know he could have driven him to the Greyhound bus station. It's not totally clear, but it doesn't really it doesn't give you the happy ending. It mm-hmm. shows you what the happy ending could be. I I, I yeah, I think this movie is fantastic, fantastic. And uh, just, I cannot believe we're talking about Spike Lee during all these different phases of his career, just kind of nailing yeah. every genre he touches. I Man, I love that dude. Mm-hmm. But that's my recommend of the week. Moving on.
2: I think this might be my top recommend of the week, too. Yep. I was really just like, it isn't one of those movies. It's like, why can't there be more movies in like this? Mm-hmm. It, it seems so simple. Interesting characters and their interesting dynamics. Come on. It's like, oh, yep. that's right. Because writing is hard.
0: Yeah. And That's why. Sh- and shooting <laughs> in New York is hard And this is a lot of yeah. New York shots, man uh, With New York actors And uh, moving on to the next film uh, Out this week Sally Richardson, Joy Bryant Denzel Washington and Derek Luke And Antoine Fisher You need to find your own family Why do I have to forgive To free yourself
1: So that you can get on with your life
4: my mother left me. I
2: My understand. father. I understand. Nobody's taking anything else away from you. No
4: Thank you,
0: beautiful. Antoine Fisher, ladies and gentlemen. I did not get to see this.
2: Um, so, I did not rewatch this, mm-hmm. but in a weird way, I want to call it Black Goodwill Hunting.
4: <laughs>
2: because they follow kind of the same idea of, you know, here's a, a guy who's troubled and he's kind of his own worst enemy holding himself back. And then he's got to go back into the trauma of, of his life in the foster system and how it is that he got this way.
0: It's not your Uh, bad. It's not your bad Antoine. It's not your (laughs) bad. Sorry.
2: Sorry. (laughs) So, I mean, I hate to minimize it like that, but really this was just sold as Denzel Washington's directorial debut. Like he cares so much about this. He wants to direct it. Oh shit. This much be worth something. And then the other thing they think about is, it's based on a true story and it is written by oh. Antoine Fisher.
0: <laughs> based on his own book.
2: Based on his own book, which is based on his own life, which just brings us to the Chappelle Show sketch.
0: Which brings us to Peacock's <laughs> Paul T. Goodman, which I can't recommend enough right now. I'm oh? deeply smitten with that show. That is my recommend instead of Antoine Fisher. Yes.
2: Okay. Paul but T. yeah, the, the Chappelle Show sketch is like, yeah, if I was <laughs> going to write a movie about myself, you know, he's. They have him being born, and he's born with, like, an eight-foot dick. (laughs) It's all about how great he is. The
0: the production company behind this is Antoine Fisher Productions. They had a goal. (laughs) (laughs) They had a goal. Yeah, I have not seen this since it came out, and I was pretty bored by it then. Um,
2: Yeah, it was fine. I mean, it's yeah, it's an interesting story, and uh, trying to figure out, like, yeah, you can't just, like, repress your rage and trauma. You got to do something with it. But it's also... You can't get closure that easily just by like, okay, then I find my parents and I see that they suck. And I'm like, okay, well, you didn't have a choice. Like closure is not like a one minute thing that just happens. And then it's happened forever. Mm. You know, it's Mm. kind of a process. I wish it were that easy. It doesn't make good
3: movies though. I mean, movies are all about the immediate payoff. You can't just go like, okay, well you can, but then that's gotta be the entire movie, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. But the older you get, you understand how like, Thank God they had that little piece of the closure. Yeah, otherwise it would have been lacking.
2: It's it's you know it's the start of the journey. Mm -hmm. You know, if you like, the person who abused you apologizes to you. Okay, everything's not better. My journey to closure has a map. (laughs) Now, now you've yes, now you're on the path towards that thing. Yeah, no, I thought Anton, yeah, it's pretty good. I light recommend. I just yeah, it's fine. Well.
0: I was reading about the process of making 25th Hour. It was Tobey Maguire wanted to make it and busted his ass to kind of get it into production and had to pull out because of Spider-Man, um, Spider-Man obligations. And Ed Norton even put his own money into it. I think he said, what did he say? Every All the money he made from some other hit he like put into making this movie. So there's no justice in the world because number one at the box office this week is Brittany Murphy and Ashton Kutcher in Just Married. Sarah was used to the finer things.
1: Welcome to the family. You can call me pussy now. Pussy? You know, like a cat. Tom was used to his own thing. How often are we in Europe? How often are the Dodgers on TV in Europe? But when it comes to being married... That plug won't fit in a European outlet. I'll make it fit. They'll have to get used
0: to each other.
1: I need some air. I need some buffalo wings.
0: Just married. Oh, hi. Um... I wasn't going to watch this. (laughs) I didn't watch it. I wasn't going to watch this. This is sort of what bad TV has become. Like That's why we don't have movies like this anymore. Wouldn't it be wacky if two newlyweds (sighs) went overseas? No.
3: (laughs) Well, I, I think the whole plot is she's smart, beautiful, and rich. He's beautiful, dumb, and poor. Can they get along? Yes. Chances are not. Well,
2: Well, they got married after just a couple months and now they're just running around being ugly Americans. Like, yeah, don't get married after just a couple months. And then uh, if you're a big dumb American, don't bother going to Europe if you're not going to enjoy being in Europe. And yes, you should definitely divorce someone. If you go to Europe and you enjoy European things and they want to watch a Dodgers game, (laughs) you know how many Dodgers games there are in a year.
0: I think like 80, 80, a hundred, something like that. Ridiculous.
2: Yeah. 16,000. There are 16,000 Dodgers games in a year because baseball goes on forever.
0: Um, yes. But just yes. married is a movie that's out that everyone saw made a hundred million dollars. 20 for the hour. I still so recommend, uh, moving to the television of 2003, January 6th through the 12th. Uh, we have Futurama. Kiff gets, gets knocked up a notch. Uh,
3: yeah. Yeah. This is a oh. classic episode of Futurama. um, It introduces the hollow shed. Yeah,
0: the (laughs) hollow shed. This is the hollow shed. It can simulate
1: anything you desire, and nothing can hurt you, except when it malfunctions and the holograms become real. Well, that probably won't happen this time. I wanted to show you what life could be like if we were together. Computer, run program (gasps) (gasps) KIF-1. This is so beautiful.
3: Okay. Okay. Uh, Hollow Shirties. My favorite bit about this episode is that Amy is worried because she's going to become a mother because Mm -hmm. that's how Kif's uh, species propagates. Mm -hmm. Uh, The man can get pregnant and uh, it happened by touching his glove. And so she's kind of like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be a mother and I don't want to become a mother. And she's having to... uh, deal with some parenthood issues. And there's a great scene where she has her calendar and the calendar is like uh, brunch, adopt all puppies, uh, (laughs) go to Europe, go to Mars, all these fun things. And she says, uh, start parenthood mode. And then they all Go blank and are replaced with every single Day be a parent be a parent be a parent Be a parent
4: parent."
3: (laughs) And uh, she has a Party board which is basically A surfboard but it's a uh, Like a hoverboard But it's for Mm -mm. partying obviously And her parents do Something really cruel to her
1: Here Amy we get this one For you Is it a new party board It's a board all right. An ironing board we had your old party board converted now that you not be partying anymore.
0: Ugh.
3: Ugh. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, and I, I'd i be lying if I said when uh, me and my wife decided to have kids, part of me didn't go, uh, but
0: what about my party board? Is it going to be an <laughs> irony board now? <laughs> and it's, all right. Uh, and uh, a, a show I always, a, a phenomenon I always wondered, like, why didn't this get more widespread out of books? It did. Just not to me, the Berenstein Bears, air quotes, debuts on PBS Kids, but there was a Canadian series, and I think this is mostly they call it a remake because they they tell just some of the same stories from the books, just you know, in more high quality animation. But the Berenstein Bears, man, I loved that shit growing up, and I I didn't see it animated anywhere near as much as I wanted to. I Berenstein Bears, Berenstein Bears McDonald's toys, where was our cartoons? And here it is in two thousand three when i'm too old to care. Uh something i didn't care about but i remember Joe Millionaire debuts on Fox.
2: Oh boy. Yeah, we got oh two boy. dating shows right next to each other and one of them is well they're both not excess classy. But one is classier but uh yeah, we're getting into had, the reality shows the trick people mode. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. This had 34 million people watch its finale. Jesus. Um that's I don't know if you get that outside of the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl would beat it, but I don't know what in 2023 would tie it.
2: No. So this is, we've already had The Bachelor. Mm-hmm. We need that set up for, for both, of these movie, both of these shows. We've oh, already yes. had The Bachelor. It was a huge success. So Joe Millionaire is The Bachelor where they tell all the women that this man is a millionaire. And in fact, he is a construction worker and former underwear model. And the idea is, who who just wants the money when they get towards the end and they find out, oh wait, this guy's not a millionaire. Ha <laughs> ha fuck you, gold diggers. Are they going to stay for love? Who cares? It's all fake and stupid.
0: I quit my job. <laughs> but yes. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah I I don't like this. Money isn't everything, but it's not nothing.
0: It's not nothing. What mm-hmm. type of
3: resources am I going to have with this person if I'm
0: going to spend the rest of my life yeah. with them
3: is an important factor. It is. It is.
0: It yeah. is. The money I owe the IRS is going to be important to the person I might marry, like literally could be there, end up being their debt. So, yeah.
2: and also, and and also that, it's like. And that was the, the big switcheroo is that you know for, for choosing love they got to split a million dollars
0: and, and 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 but the show is like sort of built to bring out it's it's reveal is meant to bring out the worst in someone it's yes. kind of shitty yeah. and 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 but the other one it, the, the one that's still going uh i almost admire how they do it the bachelorette debuts on abc where they just what it's it, the bachelor is bunch of women one guy mm-hmm. bachelorette is one woman bunch of guys
2: yeah and it's Uh, the runner-up from the last season of The Bachelor is now The Bachelorette. I don't know if it's always The Runner-Up, but this time it was. It was like, oh, someone who did well on The Bachelor that people liked or familiar with her now, now she's the main character. Okay. That makes sense.
3: It's everything you saw in The Bachelor except uh, gender-swapped. You know, they do tend to go for the watch next week for the most dramatic rose ceremony ever. And most dramatic things are uh, hyped as shocking, but they're, you know, standard
0: reality TV contestant (laughs) show stuff. I have to imagine there's a little less fucking. Isn't this the show with, like, all the fucking? There's a decent amount of fucking, yeah. yeah. I would
3: imagine so, but the first couple on the very first Bachelorette got married pretty soon after the show, had two children,
0: and are still married to this day. Wow.
3: What?
0: They should be opening up malls everywhere. And uh, junior I'm going to need you for this one. It's your uh, Clone High Spotlight.
3: It is my Clone High Spotlight. I want you all to watch Clone High. It is free on YouTube. This is probably my favorite or, at worst, second favorite episode of Clone High. It's Raising the Stakes, a rock opera in three acts. It's exactly (laughs) what it sounds like. They made Clone High a rock opera and it's based upon uh the psychedelic uh musical tommy and has psychedelical images throughout because a rock star played by jack black on behalf of the raisin council tricks (laughs) the student body into thinking that smoking raisins will get them high and so everyone at the clone high starts smoking raisins and acts like they're high, even though they're not. And uh, they are sold raisins by The Pusher.
1: I push raisins on kids and kids (laughs) think it's school cause they're told not to do it by the parents saying school I'm The Pusher I'm The Pusher I'm a time with fans and boy First they'll smoke raisins then they'll shoot up apricots I know you can't resist me (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, God. I love Jack Black being just a mercenary singer for hire. Uh, Clone High, it, JR, it is on my list. I swear, God damn it, if I can find the time. It's every episode I've seen, I have thoroughly enjoyed.
3: Every episode is a banger. Uh,
0: and oh, every song in this episode is great.
2: Because there's how many episodes? Like uh, uh, six, 12,
4: eight?
0: 13, yeah. Yeah. 13, I think. Okay, that's fair. And uh, to closing out the segment, 2003 in video games... January 6th to the 12th, we got Crash Bandicoot 2, Entranced on GBA. That's not Crash Bandicoot 2 PlayStation. That's the second GBA game. Uh, don't know much about it, but Panzer Dragoon Orda, it is the final game in one of my favoriteest series. Uh, very, very sad, and a very, very beautiful game you can download now with Game Pass, I believe, uh, still, and looks very good for an original Xbox game, 20 years old. Uh, so check that out. We will close out this segment with the Game of Love by Santana featuring Michelle Branch.
2: Why die? It's on the charts this week. I mean, obviously, we had the uh, Santana and Smooth and all that. and then he comes <laughs> out with the follow-up album, and it does also pretty dang well, just not as ridiculous as smooth. Go smoothly. but this has been sitting on the charts for months. My God. people just it just couldn't get enough Santana.
0: We, will take us out, Santana. And when we come back, our first dive into twenty thirteen.
3: you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the laser time crew then we strongly encourage you to support this show on
0: patreon.com lasertime it supports not only this show but all the rest of the laser time network you'll get commentaries play games with the hosts see exclusive videos first and receive an uncut weekly ad free podcast bonus time speaking of which here's a quick taste two comedies that couldn't be different Kind of odd to enjoy together, but one of them is the highest one of the highest-grossing movies of the year behind ET. I think Forty Eight Hours and Tootsie, which I had never seen. I had right. really? I thought I had time? seen it. What? I yeah, yeah. I just I, I okay. thought I remembered it airing on cable all the time, and then watching it like I definitely didn't see this. Not, that not was Juana Man. I think. Juana, Juana Man. I Juana I Man. Yeah,
4: yeah.
0: <laughs> or Mrs. Superior film. Let's be let's be real here.
2: Yeah, well, I uh, thought it was fun. It's like there's a bunch of movies from '82 that we definitely should talk about, and it's like the. Uh, and instead, we're going with the number one highest-grossing comedy of the year and the number three highest-grossing comedy of the year because <laughs> and, I and, refuse to talk about number two because oh, now it's I'm Porky's. 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 Oh, Porky's does surprisingly okay. well. It's the fifth highest grossing film of 1982 above Star Trek Wrath of Khan.
0: Yes. Talk about a movie that's wow. just aged like milk. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on patreon.com slash
2: Hello, Mr. and Mrs. Internet and all the ships at sea. It's time for Diana's Classic Corner, where we go even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watch. And for the week of January 6th through 12th, not much to talk about in movies, but I'm going to make some recommendations anyway, because that's how I do. Uh, This week in 1973, saw the debut of basically the first quote-unquote modern reality show An American Family on PBS, which was hey, let's just take some cameras and follow this family around and and we'll see, uh, you know, what's really going on in, you know, middle class suburbia. It turns out there's problems and people have issues with each other. And I think one of the kids is gay and they were hiding it. So, yeah. So that's kind of interesting. What's more interesting to me is the film parody of this, Albert Brooks' directorial debut, Real Life, from 1979, co-written by Harry Shearer, starring Charles Grodin. So Freaking funny and so understanding of where reality television would end up 50 years later. Oh my gosh, I feel like everyone living the modern era should, should check out real life. Also, one, one of my favorite trailers of all time, too. I, I gotta throw that out. Go on YouTube and look up the trailer for real life. Where it's like, it's gonna be in 3D. Why, who's at the door? Oh, it's a paddle ball champion. What does that have to do with anything? Nothing! So, yeah, real life <laughs> 1979. Uh, in honor of An American Family Turning 50. And uh, also this week, because it's just past the first of the year, a whole bunch of stuff went into the public domain. And this time it's pretty good. I got three movies to recommend from 1927. They're all pretty important that I probably mentioned like five years ago, but I'm going to do it again. The first talkie, The Jazz Singer, starring Al Jolson, is now in the public domain. And now that these things are in the public domain, we'll probably see much better Blu-rays of them come out with like extras and stuff because they don't have to pay for the rights for the actual movie so they can dump all the money into the actual production of the dvd so the jazz singer it's a good movie it's a fun movie every musical number is in blackface and it's so depressing because they don't have to be like just the style of entertainment 95 years ago was like this is considered how you sing these kinds of songs you have to be in blackface and Watching him put on his little woolly wig and black up so he can go perform gives you this horrible sinking feeling. And then he starts performing and you're like, why? Why can't you just sing this normally, Al Jolson said? But you do kind of understand like, oh, that's why he was a big star. He's very charismatic and entertaining. Also from 1927, now in the public domain, the first Oscar winner for Best Picture, Wings. If you're going to watch every Best Picture winner... I generally advise do not do it sequentially because the 30s are a fucking slog, but they start out real solid. Wings is like, I don't even want to call it the top gun of its day. It's like the gravity of its day because it's like, oh shit, they're actually doing that stuff because it's about World War I aviators. And that was a very new thing. And this is only 10 years after the US got into World War One, And they're really flying those biplanes and they're really uh, crashing them. And yeah, it's great. Uh, Buddy Rogers, Clara Bow, The It Girl. Like, it's it's an interesting, fun movie and to see it just so close to the end of World War One, It's so modern. It's honestly, in a weird way, it's like a, a movie about Afghanistan that we're going to talk about in a couple minutes. And then the biggie that is now in the public domain in the U.S., but somehow not in Europe for a couple of years, Metropolis uh, from Fritz Lang, the grandfather of literally all science fiction movies that you have ever seen. And yet, is fantastically watchable to this day. Like, you could put this on, and, yeah, some of it was just a little bit slow, but the set design, the special effects of it, it's just transfixing, and it sets so much of a template for so much science fiction, the idea that it's actually about the haves and the have-nots, working class versus the owning class, co-opting, labor movements. Uh, it's got freaking everything in it, including crazy robot ladies that dance and look kind of like C-3PO when they got no skin on them. So, Metropolis... That is a must-watch. Like, if you need to see one single silent film in your life, it should probably be Metropolis, if it's not going to be like a Charlie Chaplin movie. That's like a comedy. So, big recommends for 27. And uh, now everyone can see them for free. That's it for this week. Stay classic.
1: I'm taking over my body back in control, no more shoddy. I bet a lot of me was lost, cheese and cross and eyes and dotted. I fought it a lot, and it seems a lot like flesh is all I got. Not anymore. Flesh out the door. Swat. I must have put ya. You can't trust me.
0: Coming, Coming into 2013. Do I say 2013 or 2013? We'll decide. Later on, uh, holding on to you by 21 pistols off of a vessel that is out this week.
2: Pilots. What? 21 what? pilots. You 21-
0: pistols. Oh, my bad. Holding on to you by 21 pilots off of vessel. I'm not editing that out I'm It's when those my pilots mistakes.
2: get mad and they grab pistols. 21 pilots marking the
0: 10 year anniversary for me to look up who those guys or girls are. Uh, <laughs> And also out this week as far as music, Wretched and Divine, The Story of the Wild Ones by Black Veil Brides, Signed and Sealed in Blood by Dropkick Murphys, Notes from the Underground by Hollywood Undead, and Lost Sirens by New Order. Ten Years Ago's New Order album. All right. Locked Out of Heaven by Bruno Mars is still number one. Yeah.
2: Uh, So another thing I've learned about music in January, that's when all the death metal comes out. Hell yeah, it does.
0: Huh. Get all
2: that Christmas out
0: of your system. (laughs) Yeah,
2: exactly. Some land of God. When 2003, we had you know bottom. We had yeah, okay.
0: Uh, a little bit of news to bring you into our brand new decade, 2013, as I've been told uh, live. That's what we're calling it. The NHL reaches agreement to end 113-day lockout. Um, and this will be
2: a... <laughs> NHL never had trouble again.
0: And
3: uh... <laughs> Yeah. The thing that I, I don't know a lot about this, but just researching it. The thing that really struck me for the very first time is that it's not just affecting the fans and it's not just affecting uh, the owners and the players. Like there is an entire industry that I'm not part of that is just surrounding these uh, sporting events. Yeah. And when they go on strike, It affects these people who are utterly powerless to have any influence
0: on this whatsoever. Yeah, my good buddy is is a chef exclusively for like stadium events. And yeah, COVID took a beating on him.
2: the dude who worked in the parking lots.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, And we have a clip of the people being affected.
1: It's reprehensible that these two entities, the NHL and the NHLPA, cannot settle $3.3 billion. Ooh. And you have to keep in mind how much that's improved just in the last eight years. We've invested in the game as fans. I'm a fan, even though I work in the business, in the industry, I'm invested as a fan. That's how I got into the business in the first place. I've just wrote my third book. It's titled, Next Goal Wins. Wayne Gretzky wrote the four-
0: <laughs> I have a better hockey clip, and I used to work in games. It's my favorite hockey clip in the world. And every time, you know, you work in games, you get told to kill yourself a couple times a day. It's social media. <laughs> so you respond just with this guy. I don't even know his name. Isla Only It's only game. Why do you have to be mad? <laughs> he's a very big man. <laughs> I don't know why he sounds like that. Uh, also in the news this week, Beijing's level of air pollution is declared to be at levels that are hazardous to human health. Yeah. So... They've gotten
3: a little better, mm-hmm. but at this point in time, it was probably the absolute worst yeah. it's ever been. Uh, so on an average day in Beijing, your lungs in 2013 took as much damage as if you smoked four cigarettes that day. Holy shit. So a little baby living in Beijing <laughs> was smoking four cigarettes on an average day. Oh, I want to see On that. a bad day. That baby was smoking twenty five cigarettes that day. Oh,
2: pack a day, baby! No, <laughs>
0: um, where's the vice documentary? Maybe on you should smoke a pack a day. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid babies need the most cigarettes. Uh, <laughs> uh, then moving on to the movies of 2013. Gonna need you here, Diana uh, Yang. Oh uh, yeah, we got,
2: we got two foreign ones. Zhang them
0: Tony Lang uh in uh, the Grandmaster
2: Tetris. Yeah, we got. Tony Leung and Zhang Ziyi again. We just talked about Hero. The Grandmaster is yet another movie about Yip Man, um, Mm -hmm. just like the Yip Yip Man Ah. movies. Um, But this one is directed by Wong Kar Wai, who is not really an action guy. He's more of an inaction guy, if Mm -hmm. you've seen In the Mood for Love, also starring Tony Leung. And I feel bad that I did not get to it because it's supposed to be visually stunning because duh, it's Wong Kar Wai. Then the story, they said, like, it's a little overlong, but uh, the cinematography and costumes were both, like, won every award ever. Mm. So I feel bad I have not watched The Grandmaster because I've watched, um, I don't know, like, six different movies about it, man, <laughs> at this point. <laughs> he's kind of a cool guy, and they do kind of make a lot of movies about him. We
0: get him. it. He's cool. And... Okay,
2: he's a Wing Chun master, and he fights all of Japan. I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> it's cool. Fucking Japanese come in, and he starts beating him up. Cool. Um, and then we've got uh, a Danish movie, uh, *The Hunt*, with Mads Mikkelsen, Aniko Vedderkop, and Thomas Bo Larsen. This one I did see, and this one is good. Uh, yeah, yeah. So but it's uh, it's tough. It feels yeah. extremely of the moment right now.
3: Yeah, my my wife and I started uh, watching this, uh, not really knowing what was going on. It was actually on our anniversary and oh, we were uh, away from the kids, <laughs> having a nice romantic getaway. Oh. I just saw that it was highly rated, uh, so we just popped it on, and we watched like the first half an hour, and it was, oh, this is a nice little foreign film about a small town and a teacher who's trying to do the his best, and then the bomb drops. And mm-hmm. then it's like, oh my God, so that's what this movie is about? and we noped out we were yeah. <laughs> this this is not what we want to watch for our anniversary no, no thank you.
2: no because yeah he gets accused of molesting a kid and then it's Ooh. about the the psychological damage really of everyone turning on him but also they're not sure if they should like it's the peer pressure of people just like well i don't think you did it but i also don't want to ever be seen with you again and Uh, Yeah, I Mads Mikkelsen fucking rules in English, but y'all should check him out in his native Danish because there's something that doesn't translate when you're speaking a second or third language than when you're speaking your native tongue. And he is fantastic in it. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, not a happy time watch for a date night.
0: No, no. No. Um, And then we also have uh, Billy Bob Thornton, Paul Weasley, uh, Paul Wesley, uh, Ava Longoria, Travis Fimmel. Daniel Cudmore, Clayne Crawford, uh, Andre Brower, and the Baytown Outlaws.
2: I'd never heard of this. Me neither. (laughs) I don't think it got much of a release. Uh, A lot of reviews brought up uh, Tarantino or Rodriguez saying they're trying for kind of a groundhouse thing, grindhouse thing, because they're uh, a couple brothers and they got to go settle some scores. Uh, The reviews weren't great, but Andre Brower is always cool. So.
0: Yeah, and uh, we also have uh, this week, another one I hadn't heard of, Sarah Hyland, Christina Hendricks, Allison Janney, Chris Colfer, and uh, Instruct by Lightning.
3: This was a interesting film. Its protagonist is kind of an asshole. Mm. He, uh, he blackmails multiple people into writing for his literary magazine, and he's not doing this to make a goodness for the school so everyone can have something to read he's doing it solely so his resume to college looks better Mm. and i'm not sure the movie actually recognizes how big of an asshole this kid is because i he's he's a high school student who really wants to be a writer so my guess is that whoever wrote this movie in high school really wanted to be a writer And maybe (laughs) didn't realize they were being an asshole.
2: Maybe. I I don't know. I I admit I didn't get to this, but that was every review I saw was like, I think this movie thinks that this main character is a charming little rake and he's just a scumbag. (laughs) What a piece (laughs) of shit.
3: (laughs) Okay, to spoil it, and I'm not really spoiling it, dude dies in the first one minute of the film. Like that is, he is literally struck by lightning and dies in uh, the middle in the very beginning of the film. Uh, have either of you seen someone struck by lightning?
0: Yes, and I'm incredibly disappointed to let everyone know. contrary to what you've heard, you do not see the person's skeleton when it happens. Aww. never like never yeah. seriously.
2: Uh, I've seen video no i've I've never Is there seen video anything ah. Ah. being struck by lightning because when lightning starts, I get the fuck inside like you're supposed to.
3: So I didn't see someone struck by lightning when it happened. I saw them about three to five minutes after it happened. Mm -hmm. And uh, ambulances were rushing towards it. And I was like, what's going on? Dude was like, dude got hit by lightning. I was like, for real? He was like, for real. Now, I was uh, 17 at the time. But even then, I knew to back the fuck away and let the ambulance do whatever it's doing. But yeah, it's... It's something that can happen to anyone, and that's a life lesson. Was, we kind Was of he all walking got to around?
0: Learn. Was he on the ground? No, he was on the ground. Um,
3: Talking? Uh, it's been a long time ago. Uh, mm-hmm. don't remember it, but yeah, yeah. Uh, if something can happen to anyone, it can happen to you, and we can all literally be get by hit lightning tomorrow, and that's what happened to this kid, and all of his plans I mean, for I mean, life just went whoosh, because he never got to do them. Mm. Mm. And so I, I don't know what the movie was saying about that, though, because we see him die, and then we see him try to do all of his plans and being an asshole, and then that's it. I don't get what this movie
0: is trying to say. Probably just the paragraph you just did on 302010. That was their goal, to be talked about 10 years later by J.R. Yeah. Rawls. <laughs> um, and... I mean, here's a, everyone's goal, Chris. Here's, here's a movie nobody's talking about with an ooh, oh, amazing cast.
2: I have thoughts.
0: Uh, yeah. Uh,
2: so, yeah, delayed from the summer because it contains a scene in a movie theater where a bunch of people get shot.
0: Yes. Uh, yep. Look at this cast. Nick Nolte. I, oh, I say I've said. This I, amazing cast. I can't remember oh what God. I said. This They try and make this movie like every five to ten years. Let's do a young cast in, like, turn-of-the-century uh, bank robber shit. Nick Nolte, Anthony Mackie, Giovanni Ribisi, Michael Pena, Robert Patrick, Josh Brolin, Sean Penn, Emma Stone, Ryan Gosling, and Gangsta Squad. Gangster Squad. You want to
1: take me away from all this and make an honest woman out of me? No, ma'am. I was just hoping to take you to bed. going after Mickey Cohen. You i You're going to be begging for a bullet. Don't you cut Jerry loose carries a big boy, in check. Trust me. Find out! Gangster Squad. How's your love life these days?
2: I got it under control. We
1: did
0: our. Now, without a theatrical shooting scene. Uh, yeah. Oh
2: my god! Yeah. Well, it's kind of like the Untouchables you were talking That's, about. It's like, yeah, dude, I we think keep doing that. They
0: overestimate the modern public's appetite for this kind of movie, and I just don't think it's there.
2: No, yeah, uh, I technically mean, I... this is a prequel to LA Confidential.
0: Mm-hmm. Te- really?
2: Ne- technically, because real Mickey people. Cohen it, Mickey Cohen is a real gangster and he gets put away at the beginning of LA Confidential. And it's about the power vacuum uh, that ensues. And this is about them taking down Mickey Cohen. So in a way, yes. Yes, this is a prequel.
3: All right, but that's not they, they didn't intend it that way, did they?
2: No. No. Okay. No, they didn't. Because they thought that LA this would Confidential,
3: be I love flashy. I love that film. Yeah um oh. and i think to answer your question chris is every movie tries to be la confidential mm. and none of them have whatever
0: magic that was no, I, that I, made i would speculate that i think they're trying to recapture something about bonnie and clyde and in mm. that movie mm. appealing to young people like across the board but i've yeah. never heard a young person like give a shit about this period or no. these criminals no, I mean it is,
2: but it's like, you know, they're the original gangsters, the, mm-hmm. the 30s gangsters. That should be cool. But this isn't actually about that. It's about 40s gangsters and it's it's stupid. Um, <laughs> I think it was the flop house that they pointed out how much hand violence is in this movie, and they kept calling it hat-headed hand herders. <laughs> <laughs> um, that that doesn't even come close to getting to the stupidity of this movie, which should be cool because it's about, yeah, a bunch of cops that are basically a a whole squad of dirty Harry's who are all going to, you know, be as bad as possible to take down the worst of the worst. Now, is that fun to watch cops beat up on people? Well, if they're bad guys, then sure. But it's gibberish. Like there isn't enough gangster squatting. (laughs) Also, Robert Patrick shows up as a cowboy okay oh. why he's he's a cop who's also a cowboy Probably um, leaked
0: from from the adjacent set
2: <laughs> yeah that's exactly what it feels like he feels like he wandered in into blazing else, somewhere saddles <laughs> sean penn is sometimes great and sometimes uh chewing the scenery in a al capone and dick tracy kind of way mm. the dialogue is so over stylized the whole thing feels like it is so close to being a parody of gangster movies that they probably should have just gone for it. Cause it's directed by <laughs> Ruben Fleischer, who did the zombie land movies. Mm-hmm. So he tends towards more comedy, black comedy often, but they should have just made this a parody because, Oh my God, some of the dialogue is just like, well, if you're going to bend my ear, maybe I'll bend my elbow first drink. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I've seen a lot of movies from the thirties and forties. Yes. Even they weren't that stylized <laughs> with their dialogue. What are you, fucking do (laughs) it it's so bad it should have been really good this is a good story why is this so dumb
0: yeah i I don't know why they're getting
2: a shootout and they're like 10 feet apart from each other that's not how guns work
0: (laughs) (laughs) and uh this movie failed to capture the zeitgeist as much as the next two movies the second the, the second to last i'm sure we're all gonna have nice things to say about Jamie Noel, okay. Elena Ubach, uh, Cedric the Entertainer, uh, what else we got here? Essence Atkins, David Koechner, Nick Swartzen, and Marlon Wayans coming back to his his roots in horror parody, A Haunted House. What you're about oh. to witness <laughs> will blow you away. Well, welcome to
1: the Terror On
0: January 11th.
1: There's an actual demon here in the
0: house. You've experienced the paranormal. What
1: happened to your furniture cast.
0: You've encountered the devil inside.
1: Connect the cuts. Tic-tac-toe in your
0: face. But you've never seen fear like this.
1: I get you in your ghost balls. I got something for you.
0: A Haunted House, rated R. Ugh, man, I really have little patience for the scary movie formula. And this is... Marlon Wayne's so- writing is, is returned to whatever this formula is and it's mostly paranormal activity parodies found yeah. footage parodies blah I, I think it's really important to remember that in the time
3: between when scary movie premiered and this movie premiered youtube started existing yeah as well as college humor cracked and a million of one other internet sites and internet comedians And I think that's what became the home of parody. Parody wasn't just for an SNL sketch anymore. It was like, do you like the thing? Well, we're gonna put on it, and anything you want to parody has already been parodied on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. And the enough nothing you are gonna bring to the table is gonna be good. The way SNL does it
0: is that it's topical and delivered faster than the people on the internet can do it. It's still astonishing how fast they can turn this around, but like this is frighteningly low budget. Like two yep, million two, dollar comedy film,
2: two million dollars made sixty. So probably one of those uh, yeah, mega profitable,
0: the year. but super yeah, low budget now, in shows.
2: Yeah, but here's here's the thing: college humor could do a parody, and it would take three minutes. This <laughs> yeah. is eighty six minutes. You you gotta fill this thing out. I have
0: no patience for this. I could not get through I, this at all. I. Uh-uh.
2: I And I hate the title because I'm, I forget what it is uh, because it's so generally scary movie. I know what they are talking about. I think my favorite thing about this movie is if you go to the Wikipedia page at the top, it's like disambiguation. Do you mean the short stories by Virginia Woolf?
0: Yes, that's what I meant. Does that have Marlon Wayans <laughs> in it too?
2: did. <laughs> I did want to talk about that A haunted house. She
0: writes about um, uh, Cedric the Entertainer's come, doesn't she? <laughs> Probably.
2: <laughs> Do you remember how much come is in
0: these movies? Jesus. Um uh, yeah, plus group.
2: the follow-up of Room of One's Own that's got some crazy people in it. Mm.
0: Uh,
2: I know, I can't. Yuck. Well, can the... we can we get to the controversial thing? Now? Let's
0: get to the controversial thing. Um, yeah,
2: here I we go. I'm going to go to bed for this movie except for its content.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, um, James Ga- to Batford straight up. James Gandolfini, mm. uh, Jennifer Ayl, Mark Strong, Jason Clarke, uh, Kyle Chandler, Joel Edgerton, Chris Pratt, and Jessica Chastain in zero dark thirty. It's number one at the box office. You really believe this story? I mean, Osama bin Laden. You may know how it ended. This is how it
2: happened. There's nobody else hidden away on some other floor. There is just us.
1: We've been following you and studying you for a long time. Get your hand out of your pocket!
4: Do it now!
0: You'll never find him. He is one of the disappeared ones. Zero Tark 30. Rated R. Special engagements start December 19th. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of an, a, a a great... I think this is a great movie. But it's yep. like distasteful in the same way like Sicario is. Like, Do I like anybody or anything anybody's doing or anything... Anybody, anybody works for here. Uh, it just, it's just mm. difficult to say, like, all this
3: wasted They're money. They're trying to kill the man who killed 3,000 Americans. That's not a bad thing.
2: Yeah, I just don't I know if it's my, a w- my, worth the resources. My, my my first thing is the tight turnaround in this. Uh, Bin Laden yeah. was killed May 2011. And I am really not a fan lately of this being a thing where we immediately make a movie out of yes. something. Where we got, they were she making said this it is movie. out right now. We had Bombshell before, um, was it the 1318 to Paris, whatever. It's like, I I don't like us immediately making movies out of things. History needs Zero, time.
3: Zero Dark Thirty was in the works before Osama
0: bin Laden was killed. Yeah, it was about a, 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 it was a botched be... operation to kill Osama bin Laden, mm-hmm. right? So they had right. like the flavor yep. and the tone. Like what I read, like damn near good to like head into principle of photography, and it, it wasn't that big a change to be like, let's do it about this very real thing. It's going to involve the same personnel and the same military mm-hmm. people, the same locations. Yeah. We can do this.
2: Yeah, we've already I- fictionalized a couple different CIA folks and yeah. combined them into one person, mm-hmm. like Jessica Justine. So let's just roll with that.
3: I I feel like when people talk about this movie, they only ever remember the last 45 minute action set piece of the film. But, you know, this is a long movie. It's about a woman uh, dedicating her life to finding a murderer on a massive scale, a mass murderer, Mm -hmm. and getting obsessed over it. And then at the end, succeeding.
0: I suppose.
2: I, this is true. So yeah, the torture element I think is absolutely the thing that people remember this for. They remember it as being, I think, ten years on, people remember this as being a jingoistic pro-torture movie.
3: And I just don't. I imagine did not it. get that. I don't, I don't see that. I don't
2: think it is. I think it is a lot more complicated than that. There is torture depicted, and it is shown as being kind of effective, or more, it's more like the threat of torture again is the thing that gets someone talking, but. Yeah, it's tough. I don't. I, mean, I don't think
0: Catherine Bigelow is the type of person to condone torture, but it it, it does take yeah. like it does take not a nuanced her stance, statement.
3: But a, was this is the facts I had? I yeah. got the facts that the torture was used uh, in this path, so I'm including it and make of it what you will, audience. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think it is and up for is us to decide.
3: Yeah. wheelhouse she is very much i think a director who wants to show you yeah and then let you decide Th- this I think is how a lot of people it, can misinterpret that right this is how her. these people
0: are conducting their business whether you morally agree with it or not this is mm-hmm. how information is gathered this is this is this what
3: i was told happened so it was more it bizarre to see like
0: yep. this is nothing but blatant obama propaganda to make him look like the biggest here in the world I'm like i think they mention a president like twice and they say like He's kind of big on details. And other than the last two Republican presidents, you could say that about any president. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't get that either.
2: Oh, yeah. There were some people saying, like, they're going to release this before the election to, to put Obama over the top. And it's was like, but they, so, then they, they didn't, though. And that would have been really <laughs> silly anyway. But, yeah, that's the thing that was like, no matter how you feel about the content and the politics of it, it is a brilliantly made movie yeah
4: yeah i think you can it, say that
2: and it 100%. kills me god, god damn catherine bigelow is so good yeah. at tension
3: and being mm-hmm. the yeah.
2: thrillers she does thrillers so well and, Except and for she
3: is <laughs> an amazing director she has incredible chops and i think she was the best director to tell this story i, mean, I don't know of what director could have done a better job with the story well michael bay mm-hmm. obviously he, he, he could tell us he could tell we us We could have gotten in a Michael Bay film. I think we, we did. Absolutely got in a Michael Bay. This is how we killed Osama bin Laden film. Is, that could have happened after the
0: Hurt Locker, right? Yeah. So so for this to be number one of the box office, so that's what I want to point because it seems like the public's awareness was this is from the director of the Hurt Locker. I'm going to see this. The Hurt Locker was like a very slow moving critical darling. I'm yeah. I was shocked to see this number one like. The movie going public, like J.R. is talking about, they typically don't go see these movies in droves to make it number one. And um, nope. I'm sort of shocked because, like, I didn't have any interest in seeing it when it came out. I didn't see it until yeah. this week.
2: Well, a, a lot of how they're promoting it as as an action movie and as a, you know, like, go behind the scenes. This is the secret stuff. We talked to the CIA. This is, we're, it's going to be exactly how it happened. And, like, they get so much of it right. They get a whole bunch of it wrong. but. They, you know, they get the basic details right about the helicopters going into the uh, thing in Abbottabad, and then one of them mm-hmm. clipping the thing and crashing. They got a throw Which, grenade into it. If and...
3: I didn't know it was real that that helicopter crashed, I would have been like, well, they're just throwing in a helicopter crash to add more tension. But Hell no, yeah. that was something that nah, actually okay. happened.
2: That's that's how it went down. Yep. that's probably... <laughs> One of the few like laughs in the movie with their helicopters going down. And they're like, "Okay, everyone, who else is, who's been in a chopper crash?" And they all raise their hands. <laughs> like, "Okay, cool, we're fine. Then we're just gonna crash this helicopter." Kind of well no
0: fought problem. war. Uh, yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah. In a weird way, it's kind of like Scent of a woman, which is like your memory <laughs> of it may not be as accurate as the experience of watching the film because uh, yeah. it's it's exciting. You know, the movie it reminds me the most of is Black Hawk Down not just because of all the helicopters, mm-hmm. but just the the visceral feeling of being on this mission and whether or not what is literally happening is accurate is kind of beside the point. Like, don't watch this as history.
3: Mm-hmm. No, I, watch you should this never as, watch yeah. any film as history. But I will say that researching the true story, this is about as accurate as Hollywood will ever get. I mean, Hollywood is Hollywood. They tell stories and... This is as accurate as Hollywood gets.
2: Yeah, I <laughs> like they actually had some some hearings, uh, the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence, to see like, did did the CIA give them too much? Did they give the filmmakers shit they weren't supposed to give them? Yeah, <laughs> like okay, that's a, that's a sign for accuracy. That, that, was, go that was check an, that shit. wasn't
0: I believe an accusation from right wing media that they were giving yeah. specific information to be propaganda from the Democrats that no one else could get, and like. Okay, good pull. <laughs> Steven Spielberg yeah. saw classified footage of World War II. What do you want? Like, just happens. Um, yeah. Propaganda. Yeah. Your boy and lost, And at the same the
2: time, you got people speaking Arabic that are supposed to be speaking Urdu. Oh, well. And it's not like we would know the difference. So just let people speak Urdu, dude.
0: Yeah, and it's also strange that, like, becoming a different movie by the end of the movie is just... Mm, it's, yeah. it's it's not uninteresting. Like, it's it was compelling all the way through. I didn't want to like this at all but it's sort of impossible not to like catherine bigelow is it again i cannot well, get over that this this gorgeous lady can make these wildly kick-ass manly films uh yeah. and specializes <laughs> in it it's unbelievable and i w- yeah she's the chick
2: more. that makes films for dudes uh, but like not even the like point dude point movies. Point break lady it's e- the point break point
0: lady. break is a flawless classic but uh, but yeah. but <laughs> More that, like, he makes, like, movies so manly, I don't have any interest in, in them, like, right away. So, like, it's it just nuts to me. But it's, it's a mild... Rec-
2: where BDE scares you away? It's a
0: mild recommend. <laughs> it's a mild recommend, and I, I think the only sad thing about it is I watched it on Netflix, and it's like, watch until December 31st. And I was getting ahead of things, and, like, it's gone. So I don't know where you watch this right now. But I've never, yeah, I've never encountered that in a, our streaming world. Like, nope, I watched it streaming, and you can't. Uh, mm. at no additional cost, yeah.
2: But, so, yeah, Zero Dark 30. If you haven't seen it, you should definitely check it out because, again, it kind of does capture a, a feeling and it's kind of a mystery movie. I think that's the other thing I like that the first half is them just trying to put pieces of shit together.
0: Yes, believe women, and, that, and yeah, that's neat. <laughs> and, uh, and on TV, January 6th through the 12th, we have uh, Motor City ending on Disney XD, which is only been so. On this
3: is, is a it? series that has a rabid fan base. It's a really futuristic, dystopian car action series on Disney. Huh. It's a uh... weird mischief. That is not something you'd expect. Um, and it doesn't have Mater in it. <laughs> no, no, it's set in a futuristic Detroit owned by you know, corrupt corporate executive Mark Hamill. Hey. And he's banned hey. personal freedoms. Uh, but there's a hot rod wielding rebel gang who all have unique cars, which are all very stylized. And, you know, they're doing the whole rebel thing. Disney kind of F this series. Okay. It, w- it was never that big of a juggernaut. Yeah. But w- after a long hiatus, Disney put every single new episode up on an app Yep. accidentally. Ah! They didn't mean to do that. <laughs> and the fans are very big fans, so everybody just like downloaded it and copied it and then it began appearing on pirate sites. So Disney quickly took it down, but the p was already in the pool. You can't get the <laughs>
0: out of the pool. I actually and, I do I do know how they did how that happened though. Oh, how? Uh, but just because like uh in certain territories longer than we've had streaming apps, they do think direct to streaming stuff all the time? There's like a Three Caballeros TV show for South America, like we we weren't supposed to see, but it was airing on apps. But like it's a fucking app. Like people are gonna get this, and yeah. and it, you know all you have to do is not tag the right territory, and bada bing, bada boom, there you go. There you, I just I, I, it was something I encountered f- several years ago with Disney content because I wanted to see Gravity Falls, and it's like all available in other continents but mine in a, in an app. So it, I could see how that could happen. Um, Because It's Me Sarah is uh, dead Just kidding, I'll be seeing her this week Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up The 10 year anniversary of two shows That are still on the air Vanderpump Rules and uh, Black Ink Crew Two reality shows I have not seen One frame of I haven't seen
3: either of those And I was looking this up and I was like Oh, uh, 10 seasons, huh? Not only all that, like,
0: right. you may as well call uh, yeah. VH1 the Black Ink Crew channel because it runs mostly mm-hmm. that and it's spinoffs. That is all VH1 is now.
2: It- <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. That and Drag Race. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of black reality shows or reality shows starring black folks. Yeah, Black Ink Crew, uh, I've seen a couple episodes here and there. You know, it's about folks that work in a tattoo shop. Uh, first one's in Harlem and then Compton in Chicago. And yeah. That the, love and hip hop and drag race <laughs> <no> <laughs> that is VH1.
0: No offense, how the fuck is this interesting? Like I, I've watched
2: everyone's got a story. I've everyone watched... who walks in the door has a story. I have
0: That's watched what? more behind the scenes Disney documentaries than almost anybody I know, and I love footage of people drawing stuff. But I don't see how it gets <laughs> ten seasons and uh, spinoffs. Uh yeah, I mean some of stuff. it is
2: everyone who walks in has a story yeah. about their tattoos and what they want to get tattoos.
0: Look at this. And Diane you got Selling the, you
2: know, basically office drama between the different folks who work at the store. Yeah.
0: Your needle's dirtier. No, your needle's dirtier. <laughs> okay, and then yeah. also this week, 1600 Penn debuts on NBC.
3: So, uh, the president's oh, son is a total loser. He what? Gets, yeah, he gets kicked out of college, and he has to move into the White House, which is on 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Wow. And he has to act by law like he has seen way too many chris farley and will ferrell movies okay (laughs) there is a scene in this series where he eats nothing but candy and i watched it and i'm like this is elf but you are (laughs) not an elf you... you are a human and you are just you are doing Elf from Will Ferrell, and he did a lot better because he was
0: an elf, and you're not. You're a human. My impression this was immediately going to be like you got spray cheese all over the ambassador from Zimbabwe, and <laughs> that, hilarious. Surprised me. Hilarious.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, uh so it's so it's Josh Gad, and everyone just thinks Josh Gad is so cute that we can just make a Josh Gad show.
0: <laughs> yes. No. It never works. No. It rarely works.
2: Central Park is really good. What is it? I really like Central Park. Oh. Yeah, I like Central Park, the animation. I show. like Avenue. That's 5. really good. And he's, uh, pr- yeah. I and
0: think he
2: produces that, but he's not the main character, and that might help.
0: And also, this week sees the de- debut 10 years ago of Banshee on Cinemax. And I don't want any of you to treat me differently, but I've never had Cinemax in okay. my life.
3: I, I looked up three separate lists of what is the best Cinemax show. And this was either number one or the worst. It was the second best Cinemax show of all time. But it's pretty much considered the best Cinemax show of all time. It was made by the guy
0: who made True Blood and Six Feet Under. Oh,
3: and none of us has seen a frame of it.
0: Right. And and, and I was going to say, because like we are, we are in the streaming era right now, 10 years ago. And Cinemax, I think more than anything is having a hard time justifying its existence, because normally it's like a cheaper add-on with, it's owned by the HBO people, it's a cheaper add-on with HBO, hey, do you like porn at night? No? No one's watching this anymore? Uh, they briefly re, like, tried to, not only got on the bandwagon of original content, which is, kind of justifies any pay channel at this point, including streaming, they, Cinemax briefly, or maybe still is, redefined itself as the action platform. And so they were trying to make prestige action shows. So I was hoping to look into one of these. And is this super violent? No, I didn't see anything like that. Like uh, uh,
3: The plot, for those who are interested, uh, through a series of unlikely events, an ex-con is mistaken for the new sheriff of a small town.
2: Wow. Oh, that's fun.
0: Banshee, ladies and
2: gentlemen. And, four and it stars, it stars uh, Anthony Starr, who's Homelander, on The Boys. Oh shit!
0: Really? I'd never re- I never. Yeah, looked,
2: that guy's I rad. On the cast page,
0: and I can never recognize that dude without his blonde hair. Uh, mm-hmm. And and then <laughs> I, I saw a clip of him uh, out
3: of Homelander outfit, and I was like, "Who's this guy?" And it, it really yeah. gave me new respect for uh, Clark Kent's glasses disguise. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> once that dude messed up his hair and wasn't in the Homelander outfit, I was like, "What? Who is this Who is man? man? Who is he talking Who is th- about?
0: I was. I think I said to one of "Who is this slob?" this this brunette (laughs) slob uh it's homeland uh and then lastly we have uh cindy lopper still so unusual debuting on wee tv i'm guessing a reality show yeah
3: yeah yeah. it's all about her wacky life which is not that wacky (laughs) okay uh, yeah
2: i love her so much i want her life to be wacky
3: she uh you know recorded her breakout album she's so unusual when she's 29 in this one she's 59 the wackiness kind of fades she's she's old
0: and she's living off like middle-class residuals like how much how many shenanigans (laughs) can she get into she's tired and living off a 60k a year and
2: uh (laughs) no she got that kinky boots money now girl
0: right right
2: she's fine
3: and uh Hmm. Well, the the episode I did see said she was like preparing for an
0: appearance on The Voice or
3: something like that.
0: So, right. yeah. And uh, man, uh, we're, we're almost done with the show, but close out some games from ten years ago, and they are bangers. Uh, Kentucky Route Zero Act One is. Uh, uh, have you
2: played that thing? I have seen one scene of it. Uh, from my brother, who plays even fewer video games than me, and I play no video games, but he loved Kentucky Route One and I or Kentucky Route, Route, Zero. Route Zero. And I've heard so many people. The only thing I've seen is uh, there's an office, an office building, and one floor is just full of bears for some reason.
3: well uh, Diana, <laughs> Let me let me try to pitch this as a video game you should play. Okay? I, people
2: keep telling me that I keep yeah. needing to do it. Yes.
3: Yeah, it's magical realism mm-hmm. meets Southern Gothic. <gasps> the video game. Yep.
2: I love these things.
3: Yep, and and it's not really a video game. I mean, I mean, it. it I listeners put down your tweets. Okay, <laughs> it is a video game. It's not your typical video game. Um, it's more about role playing, mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. role being the key word. Because as you decide what to say, reality changes around you. Like oh. if if you're asked why are you late, and you say, I was drunk in a ditch your character's now an alcoholic and it goes forward on that path, but you could have taken a different path, which would have had something different. So it's like you're kind of writing your own story. And this came out over such a long time. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's it was released in 2013. Mm-hmm. It was finished in 2020. Yep. Oh, it took that long. It's not a min-max game. It's a dialogue game where you game. decide the lore of
0: this world. It's. Hmm. It, I think it's bu- It's a great game. It is simultaneously hilarious and haunting, and I played this twice, Then uh, I didn't finish the second one, and haven't even started the third one, but I did see it is on Game Pass. If you're an Xbox Game Pass subscriber, you can get it on PC and Xbox. The TV edition, I, which is I think is a really funny name for the console version. <laughs> uh, and then finally, I have Anarchy Reigns. A holy bizarre... Is it Sega, I think? Am I correct on this? Um, uh, Sega, and it has some characters from uh, Mad World, the Black Baron. It is Baron. the narrative oh. sequel to Mad World, mm-hmm. but it was
3: only released to consoles that, that Mad World was that's never on. Yep. Hmm. Uh, that's a bold move. Let's see if it pays off. But if you want, <laughs> It didn't. <laughs>
0: and, but I would love to see the Black Baron end up in the next Sonic Racing game. I think that's a great idea. Uh, and that almost concludes the show. We're going to tell you who died during this period of 30 20, 10, and a, you and a quiz you can play along with uh, and see if you can beat us about who was born during this period. But this is where I tell you patreon.com slash laser time is how you can support us and the whole Laser Time network. Uh, we got video Game Apocalypse this week, brand new. Talking about our most anticipated games of the new year. Uh, we got tootsie 48 hours exclusive video game apocalypse stuff and sick of star wars on our patreon you can get those just for five bucks in addition to over 100 movie commentaries and uh extra podcasts over there we try and give you some bang for your buck Uh, we're a small operation we appreciate anything you can spare and seriously thank you so much to our patrons who have hung in there trying to get you some more regular content Dive. what's up Dime? where can people find you in
2: they can find me on the Twitter at Listening Nerd, L E C I N E N E R D, or follow the show at 302010 Podcast. That's 302010 Podcast. Coming up next week, uh, we have one of the most famous incidents of catfishing of all time. Ooh. We have one of the fam- most famous incidents of a trailer lying to people. Ooh. Ooh. The kangaroo doesn't rap. It doesn't <laughs> rap at all.
4: <laughs>
2: uh. Also, we have. Uh, Madonna trying to make a basic instinct type movie, and we're going to take a bunch of cute boys and crash them in uh, the Andes and make them eat each other.
0: Yum. Also,
3: we have the late night wars going into full overdrive. Oh, yes. We have my personal and many other people's favorite episode of The Simpsons of all time. Whoa. Whoa. Really? Of all time. This is my favorite what? episode. I, mm,
0: mm, 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 you have to see what I think. It's um,
3: up there. I don't care who you are. This is on your list. If it's not number one, it's on your list.
0: All right. All right. Well, with that out of the way, we gotta figure <gasps> out who, well.
2: I just cheated and looked at what it is. Oh my god, you're right.
0: <laughs> uh, we gotta figure out who died during this period. Who died? died.
2: Oh well, in nineteen ninety two is when we lost three. Rudolf Nuriev. Ninety three was. Ah, 1993, sorry. Well, in 1993 is when we lost Rudolf Nureyev. Uh he was only 54, possibly the greatest ballet dancer of his generation.
0: You haven't seen what I can do yet.
2: Okay, that is fair. <laughs> that is very fair. But uh yeah, yet another person we lost to uh AIDS. AIDS complications. I point them out every time because we lost way too many fucking people. Yeah. Uh also in 93 is when we lost Dizzy Gillespie. who was 75. Uh jazz great trumpeter who had um like the coolest cheeks magic ever. cheeks he was so like i literally knew him from sesame street
0: yes <laughs> i remember that very, i thought it was i thought it was insane his cheeks on sesame street like
2: how does he do that uh in 2003 we now we're down bg uh morris gibb <laughs> passed away at 53
0: yeah yeah it's <laughs> it's a,
2: it's a uh, people make fun of the bgs but also the bgs like have some amazing songs and we also lost kinji fukusaku mm. who's 72 who has uh, a japanese director with one of the craziest careers of all time so mm. battles without honor and humanity uh portions of tora 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 the green slime which is so bad oh by the way battle royale oh yes
0: <laughs> oh yes <laughs> Oh, yes. And with those deaths out of the way, we can get into who was born during this week with the oh,
3: birthday quiz. Birthday. <laughs> turning 70. 70. Born January 10th,
0: 1953
3: in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. She was born under the last name Andrzejewski. Whoa. Ooh.
4: That's
3: a clunky one. Yeah. She planned to study classical music at Juilliard, but decided she wanted to pursue health education at State University of New York. Yeah, not put mm-hmm. you After in a movie. year of that, she dropped out to marry her high school s- sweetheart, Dennis, whose last name she goes under to this day.
0: Mm. Uh, the Menace. No.
3: No. Uh, okay. In a 2022 interview... She said that she will no longer perform her most famous song as a protest against gun violence. The title is tongue-in-cheek, but you have to draw the line. I can't say those words out loud with a smile on my face. I just can't, she explained.
0: Huh. Nancy Sinatra? Ah. She's a
3: real (laughs) tough cookie. Um, So she won the Grammy for Best Female Rock Vocal Performance Four years in a row. So she's got a long wow. history. Mm. Pat Benatar. Yes. What?
1: Yes. What? Yes. Oh,
3: Dennis it, Benatar. It. I should have got it. <laughs> if you didn't get that, I was going to start listing her albums and say, just guess and hit me with your best shot.
2: <laughs> oh. Is that the song she won't oh. sing anymore? Hit me with your best yeah. shot? Wow.
3: Uh, uh, yeah. Hit me with your best shot. She doesn't want hit me with your best shot because of gun violence, which I don't know. I mean, that's a Uh, bit of a stretch. I mean, your best shot can be lots of things.
0: Yeah, there are two metaphors in that chorus. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, that's a good point. Yeah. but Famous for,
3: uh, she had six platinum albums, Crimes of Passion, Precious Time, In the Heat of the Night, Mm. Best Shots, Uh, Waka Waka Waka, Get (laughs) Nervous,
0: and Tropico. That's hard, ladies and gentlemen.
2: Mm-hmm. Ever since we watched um, Fast Times at Richmond High I've been rocking the Pat Benatar look Like half the girls <laughs> in the school
3: if, you, if no one had guessed it After her albums I was going to say that the Fast Times at Richmond High Character Pat Bernardo
0: <laughs> Is based on Benatar <laughs> I couldn't have guessed uh, <laughs> Alright
2: uh, Cool 70 Should we go out with Pat Benatar then?
0: Yeah I love her else?
2: I'm All
3: right.
0: A, what's what's your favorite Pat Benatar? Uh, I'm I'm uh, basic. Hit me with your best shot. I second I it because I don't want to think about it. <laughs> and so hit me with your best shot. We'll take us out by Pat Benatar turning a ripe old seven this week. If you see her on the street or in hospice, wish her a happy birthday. Uh, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> I don't know. How old is 70 nowadays anyway? As, as Diane and I rapidly approach. Oh, wait. Jerry's older than me. Anyway, moving on. Thank you guys so much For listening Patreon.com Slash Laser Time uh, Tell a friend about the show And join us next week It keeps getting Better and better folks
2: uh, You're not going to want To miss the Simpsons one mm. You really aren't up your Let's
1: get down to Why don't you